Hello, good evening, and welcome to another edition, edition 130, 130 of the Cantina MX podcast, Ne, the Cachirules podcast, we were the podcast. We had a very special edition, Siete Acero podcast, uh, a couple summers ago. But we are now the Cantina Mekis podcast and have been for uh, a pretty decent amount of time. My name is John Jagu. Glad to have you with us tonight. Uh, we do have a really good show for you planned tonight, as we do every week. But uh, this one seems to be particularly special because we do have a, a very good guest on tonight. We have Tom Harrison joining us a little later. Tom Harrison, uh, for those of you that follow Liga Mekis, especially Liga Mekis in English, are aware of his analytics and his statistical breakdowns of games in Liga Mekis. I know that there's some point of contention for some folks with some of the stats that he has proven, or not proven, but uh, had to uh, discuss certain players. And of course, there are some folks that are very happy with some of his results as well. But we are going to have him on a little bit later on the show, uh, live on tape, as uh, we will uh, play back a recording that we had earlier this afternoon. And, of course, uh, we'll jump into the uh, usual topics we'll have here on the podcast. We had a lot of stuff to talk about this week. We have uh, Conca Champions semifinals, the first legs, games between uh, MLS teams and Liga Mekis. And uh, we'll probably talk a little Slatan, Slatan Ibrahimovic, because, you know, we're trying to get him on the show. But uh, the reality is, is I think that the show is just a little too big for Slatan. So I don't think that Slatan uh, would, uh, would uh, you know, it would, it would really take a uh, you know something Herculean in order to uh, for 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 Slatan to be on the show with us t- with us tonight or or any of the nights that we broadcast. But like I said, we do have a lot to get to, so let's go ahead and, and do that. Uh, our panel will join us uh, momentarily. We do have a couple of folks on joining us over in the east side of the southeast side of the greater Austin metropolitan area. We have Albert Campa and Chikis. Chikis, how are you, sir? Hey, John, doing good. You know, Chikis, I'm kind of glad I have you on because you and I are, when it comes especially to Conca Champions or anything, anything uh, America, Chivas related, we're, we're, we are very unbiased, impartial observers. Uh, I think you and I, where it's, uh, we always have a, take a very level-headed approach on how, on how things happen between those two. You know, there's, we are, we are no drama when it comes to, to, to Chivas and, and Club America. And we saw, Two uh, two teams play their semifinals. One uh, Chivas plays against the uh, New York Red Bulls, and and Guamerica played against the Toronto FC up in Toronto. They lost three one, and Chivas won one zero. And 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 Chikis, I wouldn't mind starting with you on on Guamerica. What was Biojo thinking when he uh, had the the the, the diarrhea of the mouth talking about how Liga Mekis is, you know, regardless of what he said, it didn't really matter necessarily of, of just you know what he said. It was just. Why would you give any team that kind of motivation or, you know, a, a, a reason to come out with a little more d- d- determined to give a little bit extra effort? Kind of like what uh, Niko Kovac did for Mexico in the Croatia game in, in, in Brazil in 2014. It was, I mean, I, I, when I saw it, when I heard him say it, I was like, dude, did you not learn, learn your lesson? The lesson that Niko gave you? Yeah, that uh, I sort of, I sort of agree with what he was saying. He he wasn't saying it as as bad as everyone made it out to be, um, which is you know the ML, uh, Liga MX is better than than MLS. But yeah, he should have calmed down. I think he's a really emotional guy, 
And that's why he came out and said that. But he really, he really level-headedly said that League MX teams play better, but not necessarily don't necessarily win. And I think he referred to the Tigres game, um, the Tigres, you know, losing of course to Toronto and sure. Um, but he said he, I think he said that Tigres looked like the better team. They played better football, but of course, uh, that doesn't mean you're going to win. Right. And this goes well, back to the way the U.S. Said- would win all the time. He also said that the Liga MX doesn't compete with MLS; they compete with 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 European clubs. Which, to yeah. I mean, you know, a certain degree, he's right. But you know, MLS competes with the same European clubs too. So let's let's not pretend that. See, see, to me, I mean, any time you you give your 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 opponent any kind of reason to have whatever it is, any kind of extra motivation to, to prove uh, themselves. Exactly. I mean, especially with with, with the league that already has a chip on its shoulder when it comes to Liga MX to begin with, and. Uh, so I really wasn't quite sure what the strategy was on that, and then, and then, you know, the the strategy in the game itself. I thought, you know, despite the fact that the field was bad, the field was bad for both teams. So it's not like, you know, America was was skating and, and and Toronto was not. But but why on earth would you open yourself up that much in a game like that, where really, you know, if if you, can, I mean, especially after they got the goal, I mean, you know, get the goal. I'm not saying you know don't go out and attack, but I mean, you know, just be reasonable about it. And and and, and America was not. And, you know, you know, coming back from one goal is one thing. Coming back from two goals is, uh, is you know, obviously, you know, t- twice as difficult. So, uh, you know, and then, of course, you know, on top of everything else, you know, Piojo has to double down and triple down by you know, just, you know, the stuff he's saying. And, you know, he was talking about how the cops were hitting his players, which, of course, they never, they never you know, actually wrote a formal complaint about uh you know, and then, and then he just, he just, he just, he just went on. I mean, it, it, it was like, it was like Piojo from 10 years ago. Not, not the, not the level-headed Piojo that we've seen since the incident. And, uh, you know, I, I think he kind of cost his, uh, you know, you know, kind of maybe made it a, a little, a little harder for the players than it had to be. Yeah. I think, I think the last few years, MLS has sort of shown up a little bit at the beginning of this tournament. And then in the end, or, you know, the return leg, Mexico would just blow people away or, or, or you know, win 2-1 or 3-1. Now this is getting a little bit more serious. And then you hear the talk about, I think, who mentioned it about the salaries? I think it might have been Piojo, that the MLS salaries are just something that Liga MX can't compete with. They're paying their players a lot more than what you could make in Liga MX. Well, I think and that so- that could be true. Well, see, first of all, yes, they can. They choose not to, and secondly, I think that you know for for the the A listers, let's call them, you know, you know the the designated players in, in, in MLS, yeah. that's 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 yeah, that they do pay them a boatload of money. That's not to say that Mexico can't do that, but I do think that overall, you know, the you know player twenty on a on a Mex on a Liga MX team is going to make a lot more money than player twenty on an MLS side. So it that that totally balances out, in my opinion. Yeah, so with that, and then with um, these re- these these results that have been happening, if they beat America in this series, I think Chivas has a good chance. But if something happens to where Toronto wins the whole thing, um, I think we can we can see less of what Pio- Piojo's sort of defensive and what I think what his statements are. He's defensive of the league, defensive of of MLS trying to take over this tournament and you know the dominance in the region. So that's why he's expressing and he's getting rustled and triggered and all that kind of stuff. But right. uh, if Toronto were to win, I think it would it would humble Liga MX players, humble Piojo, people like Piojo, and 
and you know they get down get down to business and take things seriously and then you know they could shift the tide back and take the next five CONCACAF champions tournaments and so it's it's a matter of like mentality I think Piojo's just getting too upset too taking it too personal well I mean ultimately what's going to happen in my in my opinion at least is uh when it comes to uh when it comes to this tournament is 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 it's 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 not going to be the sole property of Liga MX sides I think that the Ultimately, uh, I'm not saying it's going to be, you know, a 50-50 split, but, but I do think that, that MLS and, and even other countries' teams are going to, uh, are, are, are going to find a way to find a way to win. And, 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 and for Liga Mekis fans to think that this is just the, the, the sole property of, of, of Liga Mekis and, you know, which it has been, uh, since, since the tournament was, um, uh, refurbished in its current capacities, and that has been the case. And, uh, you know, it, it 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 has rarely that we've even seen two teams uh, not from Liga MX play the final. It's been always been the one Liga MX side, and occasionally there's been a couple of MLS side, but it, but that hasn't always been the case. It's been two Liga MX teams, but but that's that that is not sustainable and over the long term. And I think that we'll uh, we're going to start seeing that. I'm not sure necessarily it's going to start happening in, in this edition, but it's going to definitely start happening. Uh, in the uh, in in the foreseeable future. Now, the other game that we had uh, Chiquis was uh, last night, and and and, and uh, Chivas did uh, get a one zero victory. More importantly, they did not give up the away goal, which seems to be uh, just like almost like the death knell in this in, in this tournament when teams give up an away goal in the in, in the first leg. Not always the case, but but usually it, it definitely uh, it definitely helps. So the only one one zero. Uh, I don't necessarily think that, uh, that that New York was there to, to defend, but what I think what they did do is that they defended extremely well. They put a lot of pressure on Chivas, and they forced Chivas into some uh, passes that they weren't necessarily ready to make. I, I, I saw I saw a Chivas side that was a lot sloppier than they normally are, and I think you know you know in big thanks to the way that uh, the, the Red Bulls was playing, and when Red Bulls did kind of taper off the the, the pressure. Chivas was still hearing footsteps. I mean, there were a lot of guys that were still, you know, making passes where they, where, when they didn't want to make a pass, and, and and they had so many chances to get a counterattack going, and and it just unforced errors just just killed them. And they were, frankly, they were lucky to score the goal, and uh, because they just were for whatever reason just could not generate anything offensively. I wonder. I wonder if we have any 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 Chivas uh, any any Chivarmanos with us yet that can uh, that can that can. Hey, Defend their team. Wonder if if Juan Uribe has his ears on, he can come on and 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 set us straight with uh, with the ship. But but what they did do is that they did get the big win. Uh, they got the goal on on a great uh, again a defensive play that that sparked the counterattack and that Pizarro set up Juan uh, Brizuela, uh, who was able to uh, score to to give Chivas the one zero uh, win. They came real close, Chiquis, to uh, uh, giving up an equalizer with, uh, again, sloppy ball handling in the back. And the uh, New York Red Bulls uh, came very close to capitalizing with uh, with Wright Phillips, who uh, uh, just unfortunately for, for Red Bulls fans just kicked it right at the goalie. And uh, and credit to Cota for, for coming out as fast as he did. I think he kind of startled Wright yeah. Phillips uh, in, in his play. He was a pretty good, even though he was looking away, he got, you know, he looked away. Because he was running on so fast that Kota still was able to make the stop. There was a uh, going back to the America game real quick. I think the penalty, I think the first goal that Toronto scored wasn't really a penalty. But on the other hand, with the Chivas game, there was a, uh, a handball in the box that wasn't called. 
I think a lot of uh, MLS fans are complaining. Well, about. they're never going to call that handball. I mean, let's let, let, let's talk about that place. So, a Chivas player, I think it was it Alanis or was it? Uh, yeah, one of the defenders. Ferreira, one, one of the two, had his hand out, and the ball deflected off of a Red Bulls player. So it was it was, it was already an, an unnatural. Uh, it, you know, part of a play, hit, 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 hitting the guy's hand. I mean, the guy did not strike the ball with his hand. The ball struck his hand as as he was defending. There's no way any referee is ever going to call that a handball. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, it wasn't intentional. I th- but yeah, as as far as the game, I think I was surprised to see that counterattack goal and for the defense to be so for an MLS team, especially. And I think that's how uh, Toronto, at least, and the other teams have played. Um, like typical U.S. teams, real, real, uh, a lot of order in the back and on the lines and disciplined. But uh, yeah, they left only I think two in the back, and that counterattack just killed them. Uh, right. So usually uh, you don't expect that from L- or U.S. teams, MLS teams. Uh, but I think Chivas did a good job there. Uh, after that, I guess they figured it out. They figured the defense out, and Chivas couldn't do too much. No, it was uh, it was it was fortunate for Chivas to get the win, and uh, you know I, I was actually impressed with the way that uh, that that Red Bulls, you know, played defensively. I mean, it wasn't you know they did not do the you know like you said you know where they have the you know basically the one eight one formation where they just you know just pack yeah. as many guys as possible and in a four yard and, and and just hope that they that they can hang. They didn't do that at all. I mean, they were. They were high pressing, you know. As soon as Chivas would hit the midfield, they would they would jump at him. I mean, they they really caused Chivas a lot of problems. And uh, you know, a lot of the uh, the chatter that I was able to see from from folks that watch Chivas on a more regular basis was that that, they, that was probably the worst game that Chivas had played all year, as far as you know, like trying to impose their style of play onto a you know onto the match. They they just they 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 couldn't do it. They could not do it, and they and. You know, I know that people laugh at us when it comes to you know we have a lot of fun with uh, with Eduardo Lopez La Trophies, but they missed La Trophies last night. I mean, they missed a guy that can maintain possession because uh, even Pizarro, as as good as he played, I know he was named the man of the match. He was had some opportunities to really do some damage, and he uh, just they did they, they he just he just you know a couple of unforced errors just just kind of killed him. So yeah, the, yeah, I think. Uh... Yeah, Pizarro always impresses, but he, he he just has a lot of individual talent, and it doesn't really a lot of times doesn't transmit to team talent and contributing to the team. Just seeing him on the end line or in the corner, he was just fooling those players all over the place. And uh, I think him and uh, some other guy on it might have been um, the footwork that he has is just incredible. But yeah, Trophies was I think was definitely missed. Uh, I saw a lot on Twitter. I saw a lot of uh, flying goats from the Chivas fans, uh, which, like you said earlier, that uh, I don't really see. The, I don't really see the need to be flying around with like a you know like a flying goat with a one zero. I was I was expecting, you know, two maybe three zero win. Then you could be excited, but this is very. This could very much turn around and be a pretty dangerous game for for Chivas in the second leg. Well, sure. There's no question. I mean, you know, one, you know, you know, one zero is you know with with a, with a home uh, goal like that in the first leg. I mean, it, it, you might as well not have scored. I mean, yes, it, you know, it's nice that you have it, and obviously, if you get the away goal, then especially if you score first, then you're forcing the other team to score three, and then then you really have, uh, 
you know, you, you, you take command of the, uh, of yeah, the is coming back. That I'm not sure. I'm, I'm hoping we have uh, our, 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 you know, the, the folks that are that have their fingers on the, on on the on the pulse of the goat to to let us know. I know we got one on, but he's not. Uh, he he didn't want to talk to us. He's he must yeah, he must be compiling all his notes. So he's he's uh, he, he's going to be ready to go here in a second. It's going to be hard. I mean, they they need p- people that can score goals, and you know, and Cone Brizuela, as, as 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 good a player as he is, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, but he is no Chofis. I mean, he's just not. I mean, Chofis just adds a different element that um, that Brizuela just just uh, just doesn't necessarily have. And I know that Pulido was playing last night, but I mean, I would have never. I I, I, I saw him more. Uh, he was a, playing like like a defensive forward almost. He was he was like he was like the you know the third central on all the uh, on all the uh, set plays, which is which is what you know New York wants. I mean, New York has a huge height advantage with some other guys. Uh, you know, set pieces are going to be a problem for Chivas. They're going to be a problem up in New Jersey again. So uh, yeah, it would have made it made sense for uh, it made sense for 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 Pulido to to, to play as that as that third central on the. Uh, on on those set pieces, but but luckily, say I, here I am. Like I'm talking about Chivas, like I know what I'm talking about. Well, we, we should probably go ahead and turn the reins over to someone who does know. And then we, the question was, especially this guy who, as like I am, a card carrying trophy chaser, uh, Rigoyala Johnson Raton. Chivas missed trophies last night, probably more than more than people are, are willing to admit. Uh how's it going, guys? Uh, yeah, they missed him a lot. I felt like they missed him. A lot because he's able to retain possession and and take guys on, and I felt like like although Connie Brizuela is really really fast and and he has good ball control, I he's felt like Jurgen Dam with a bigger nose. Let's face it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not as bad, but um, and definitely bigger nose. Um, but he's he definitely doesn't do what Trophies does. And you I, know, I, that, I think his nose helps him because it kind of like it, it's a kind of aerodynamic. It kind of it kind of like a good point to kind of pierce pierce the wind. Yeah, I mean, and, as, and, as he's running through. Luckily, he wasn't off sides with that nose though. That's that goal, true. Right? <laughs> that that was really close. That that second defender is what is what keeps him on. Yeah. When the second defender runs back, he keeps him on. Um, and he didn't even see him. He was looking the other way. Yeah. So that was sort of. But it, it did feel like that. That I feel like Trophies and Pizarro have a good connection when they're when they're out there. Sure. And, and it it felt like that was missed on the field. But uh, I saw today he was training, so he he might be back for the next game. Well, they're desperate now. Now, are you going to be able to contain yourself when, when when you go to New Jersey next week, or are you? You know, uh... um, I'm I'm. I'm nervous, but I feel like we're going to get the W. Oh, I'm not talking be- about that. I'm talking about trophies. I'm going to make sure you're not going to Oh, like, oh I'm going to be sitting like right behind them. Yeah. I, I, I might try to go to the hotel where they're staying at if I can find those details out. Maybe. Are, Maybe are you going to can... give him the nickname I suggested for you? You don't want to be called a Chocame El Jalalolo? I mean, I'll, I'll run it by him, see what he okay. thinks. All right. I, I, think, um, I think it's a good name for him. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, we could we could definitely see what he thinks and... Maybe that's what we call him from now on. So he's going to play. 
what, in your opinion, does uh, obviously they have to you know score goals? We get that, but but how, how how is Chivas going to get the result they need in New Jersey next week? Well, I felt like last night Red Bulls came and they were just pressuring Chivas really high hoping that Chivas would make a mistake and it ended up backfiring on them because they made the mistake. But while they were pushing really high, they weren't really taking advantage of, of like the mistakes they were making Chivas have. So I think they're, they're I mean, they, they, this time they have to bring the game to Chivas. And I feel like Chivas is going gonna, is gonna to catch them on a counter. It, 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 they didn't feel dangerous when they had the ball as, well, as far as like when they were when they actually had possession, they felt more dangerous when they were counterattacking or on set pieces. Definitely on the set pieces. I think that every yeah. Chivas fan, I was, I was holding my breath. Yeah, had their had their heart in their throat for sure on every single one. Um, so I think Chivas, I think Chivas is going to try to 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 counterattack them. And um, what are the chances that there'll be a, a pro Chivas crowd in, in in New Jersey? I'd say it's probably going to be about eighty percent Chivas fans there. Even though Red Bulls attempted to stop that by only selling three-game uh, like match sets, so you, when you bought a ticket, you you could only buy a ticket for three. You had to buy a ticket for three games, right? Um, so even though they tried that, I don't think it, it it ended up working out. Well, I mean, it's not often that Chivas make it all the way up to. The East Coast like that. I mean, especially in a game that matters, in a game that counts, the Chivas fans are going to pay. I mean, you know, they're going to pay whatever, whatever it takes. Yeah, they'll pay whatever. It'll pay whatever. It, uh, the game, the match is sold out. Right. Um, so I've never seen a Red Bulls match sold out ever. So I'm going to, I think it's going to be 80% Chivas fans there. They could move it over to Giant Stadium and it would probably sell out. Yeah, oh, oh definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I'll be, I, I actually ended up buying tickets because I, I didn't want to risk. My accreditation is not not coming through. Sure. So I bought a ticket, but I, I got got word today that my press pass was uh, yeah. accepted. And, and and you've said it, and, and and I was on Daniel's show earlier in the week uh, saying that 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 the the press area is fantastic because you guys are outside. That's I just I'm so jealous. Yeah, it's 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 such great. Like you're right in the middle of the field. You're right behind the benches. Um, you're outside. So I mean, hopefully we have good weather because every right. other match that I've been to for the Conquer Champion has been freezing or raining. So hopefully we have good weather. Supposed well, to snow but, here but, but, on but Monday. But you're covered. Though. You're covered though, aren't you? I mean, yeah, like you're covered. Top. Yeah, it's still it's still it still gets cold though. Sure. Uh, but you are you are covered, so you can sit you there and you can... your heating pad. You sit on your heating pad and you stay warm. Uh, that, that I mean, it's put, it might snow on Monday, so that might have to be Ooh. the. What, what we got to do? Yeah, little 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 tricks like that is uh, what, what what we had to do or, when, uh, when bring us that up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> bring two or three. Bring two or but three. But I, I I don't think Red Bull Arena. I don't think the people at Red Bull Arena are prepared for what's about to happen as far as like a Mexican invasion in that in that building. <laughs> Just the ruckus outside, right? No, I mean, it's going to be a great atmosphere. Yeah. Now, uh, do do you give uh, what what 
Liga Mekis side, do you, do you give a better chance of, of advancing uh, America or, or or Chivas? Because of because of the who the opponents are and what the aggregate score is, I would say Chivas. Do I think do I think America could could um, come back from that three one? Yeah, they could easily come back. The problem with Toronto is that they they have a lot more talent, right? Um, and Jovinko, like always, can just you give him a set piece and it's it's almost a goal every single time, right? So they they catch you on one set piece and it's now you got to score four goals or five goals. Um, so I think that's that like that's really what hinders America is you know the the bad performance in in the away game. Uh, while Chivas if Chivas scores one, Red Bull Red Bulls has to score three goals, right? Um. Which you know, it's not something that they can't do, but it'll be a lot harder. Now, now Piojo did say that um, that oh yeah, we will make up the goals, no problem. You know that was after he uh, you know inserted his foot in his mouth before the game, and then he did did so you know five or six times immediately after. And uh, you know, why can't you accept the fact that 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 you open your mouth, it backfired on you, you got your ass kicked, and that's that. I mean, I just. Uh, it just, yeah, he, it just it cracks me. He up. said he said everything but what he should have said, which was, you know, I underestimated the opponent, and I sent out a lineup that probably wasn't, you know, uh, the optimal lineup to to play them. Um, and and that's what he should have said, but he didn't say that. He you know he sat on his uh, high horse and wanted to blame the police. I, I will say or, this if. If America is able to pull this off, then then then, then Piojo will will then be uh, uh, vindicated. Uh, well, not only that, you'll be yeah, exactly vindicated and then become a an America legend. You know, uh, you know, like you know, they'll want to build statues out, you know, of him after that if if, if they're able to win this and the, win the, especially if they achieve us in the final. It'll, uh, you know, in his eyes, you know, you know, that's what Americanism was all about. Is what Piojo, you know, they'll act like it was it was all part of the plan. You know. Yeah, but I will say this. I would prefer to face America over Toronto in the final as a Chivas fan. Yeah, and I'm sure. sure it'd be, and that'd be an easier, it'd be an easier matchup. Yeah. Yeah. And a bigger think, game, of course. I think Toronto is, is just because of their physicality, it, it causes Chivas trouble because it's, I mean, Chivas is a bunch of guys that are like five foot seven. Right, and you, we saw it against the Red Bulls. Like, with that that high pressure was really bothering them. And I think America will let Chivas play their game, and you know they'll both play their games, and and whoever takes advantage of those opportunities. But I think Toronto will bring will bring that high pressure to Chivas, and 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 they'll try to outmuscle them. And then on top of that, they have the finesse with with uh, with Javinko. Well, not only will they, uh, you know, I mean, they let Toronto play their game, and you know, it didn't uh, seem to work out too well for uh, for Club America. I, I kind of tend to agree with you. I think that, that especially after after Toronto got that third goal, that was. Uh, I'm not saying that America can't score two goals. Obviously, they can score two goals. I mean, they did it. Uh, I mean, they, it, it it shouldn't be a problem, especially in Mexico City. I think that Toronto will have to deal with, at least in the second half, uh, some. 
very, very, very uh, hot lungs that they have to deal with. So I think yeah. they're flying. I mean, they're flying out there they, already. They're, they're there already. Yeah, they're, so they're preparing. They're taking it seriously. Yeah, they okay. took, I mean, MLS allowed them to uh, skip their game uh, for this weekend. Right. And, uh, so they've already, they, they're already, they've already flown preparing. Yeah, they're already in Mexico City, so they're going to be training. I mean, well, one week is not. Prepare? Yeah, one week is not. I don't think too. I, I, I wouldn't say it's sufficient. Well, you know, according to Carlos Osorio, he said, you know, it's usually four days for for for, for, for the body to get acclimated to the, huh. to the altitude. air pressure. Juan Carlos Osorio. So, well, yeah. So, well, I mean, that, uh, that you know, good for Toronto and, and good for the MLS to for, you know for giving them the opportunity to. Uh, to make the necessary moves in order for them to, to prepare do, for this. I do think for a while, Chivas America is the more attractive final. I think uh, an MLS team and a Liga MX team would be a more attractive final for the casual American fan. Because right, I, I mean, obviously, like... if, if Toronto makes it at the, you know, a Toronto Chivas final would be, uh, I'm sure, it would be exactly what, uh, what MLS wants. wants and what Golden yeah, and Concacaf, yeah. yeah. Um, sure. I mean, or even the other way around. Let's say Red Bulls makes it somehow, and, and America makes it like that. Either way, I think either way is what Concacaf would want. Well, you know, luckily for for. Uh... For MLS is you know they have the, the major media market in, in in the U.S. which is New York and they have the, the major media market in Canada which is Toronto. Still in this thing you know and then you have you know uh, you know the the two most popular teams in Mexico uh, Chivas and, and Club America. So for Concacaf I mean the only thing better would be to have Galaxy uh, in this thing with uh yes yeah. with Slatan Slatan you know I'm, I'm surprised I didn't say you know what instead of Toronto FC we're gonna th- we're, we've decided to send LA Galaxy. To play this game in the Estadio Azteca. So, uh, the, yeah, they, they got that, that best they, of all worlds. No, I, I, I think Kafka has what it, what it wants, and uh, anything either way, it's going to be it's going to be a very, very, very big final either way. Right. Whatever matchup you get. Well. Yeah, I, I believe you are correct. I think it's a, a, a good point for us to uh, move on. Now, we did mention earlier that we have a special guest uh, joining us, and uh, he is going to join us here momentarily. I'm talking about Tom Harrison, who uh, joined us uh, earlier today, but I but I do want to play that for you all. So uh, let me uh, get that fired up for everybody, and we'll get that going here. And uh, Chiquis, do you think, uh, but before we do that, do you think, both teams from Mexico make it, or just one? And if it's only one, who? I guess uh, I guess Chiki stepped away. We'll, we'll we'll get to that in a second. So let's go ahead and and, and uh, talk to our, our our friend from London, uh, Mister Tom Harris. And like we said at the top of the show, uh, we uh, have with us a special guest. This evening, going to uh, talk to us uh, not just about the World Cup, but also about Liga Mekis, because, of course, that's what we talk about here on Cantina and Mekis podcast. Now, uh, this uh, particular gentleman is uh, someone who uh, I'm sure you guys follow on the Twitter, if, if you're listening to the show. is, is uh, He is a football coach. He's also a writer and a scout. 
a stat aficionado, which uh, as I'm sure if you follow him on Twitter, you'll know exactly uh, what he talks about on that. Now, he does focus on Liga MX in the national team. He says he accidentally fell in love with the Mexican game five years ago and uh, recently has uh, invented Performance 100, which he will talk to us a little bit. Uh, and of course, uh, we can't have uh, folks coming on without giving them their proper... Ladies and gentlemen, let me lay on you a great entertainment. A great entertainment. A great humanitarian. A great humanitarian. And my dear friend for 25 years. My dearest, dearest friend of 20 years. Tom Harrison joins us live on tape from London. Tom Harrison, sir, how are you this evening? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks a lot for having me on. Real honor. Well, it's a, it's a real pleasure to have you on. Uh, you're someone that, that a lot of us uh, follow on on Twitter. You've, you've, you've become very anal- an analytical with, as far as numbers, uh, crunching a lot of numbers to uh, determine uh, who really is, uh, not just in the Liga Megas, but, but, but the best players who had the best performances. A very interesting way of looking at it. But I guess my first question to you, Tom, is you said that you accidentally fell in love with Liga Mekis. Were, were you like walking down the street and, and, and your remote <laughs> fell out of your pocket and stumbled and all of a sudden there's a, there's a Cruz Azul game on? Or, or, or how, how did you accidentally fall in love with Liga Mekis? It's, it's not too dissimilar, actually. Um, yeah, it was, it was five years ago, as I said, back in 2013. And I was around my, my friend's house, um, staying up late, playing FIFA. And... To be honest, we didn't we didn't have a clue what time it was, but we decided that we wanted to put some football on whilst we were playing FIFA. Uh, so we opened up the laptop, went to our favourite streaming site, and uh, the the most interesting game that seemed to be on it, in at what was one thirty a.m. was a game between Morelia and Toluca, and um, it was an incredible game. Toluca won four three in the last minute, and Jefferson Montero scored what I still believe. It's certainly for what I've seen, the greatest hat trick in history. Uh, and I thought, wow, I've got to watch more of this. This is, this is unbelievable. And, you know, um, I just watched more from there and, and kind of the love affair began and it's, it's grown ever since. Is there a particular, uh, a particular team that you follow, uh, more closely than others in your, in your Liga Mackey's studies? No, I mean, people always ask or try to try to guess or try to even sort of persuade me to, to support a certain team because they like that team. Uh, but I feel to properly support a team, you've got to have that real bond kind of connection to a team. And, you know, I don't have any links to Mexico, really. I don't have that that bond, that connection that, that people have. So from time to time, I, I like watching teams more than others, particularly um People who know me will will know that I I love the Chiapas teams of the last couple of years before they got relegated and, and disappeared. But um, it wasn't really a support for for the club as a whole. It was more just an enjoyment of watching that team play. Now you don't know, may not have a, a favorite Liga Mekis, but I'm sure that you do share a special bond with with a certain side. Is is that something that you're comfortable sharing with us here on the on Continent Mekis podcast? That your the the team that that won your heart all those years ago. <laughs> Uh, to be honest, I don't have any team. Oh my goodness, really? Genuinely, I don't, I don't properly support anyone. Um, did, did, you have a, did you have a messy breakup with, with the team? <laughs> no, I, I mean, I used to like, I used to like Spurs when I was younger, but, um, and I, I still kind of do, but, uh, I don't have, I don't have a proper connection to them and, and, um, 
I, I live on the other side of London, so I'm not able to go to many of their games. So uh, I still kind of tell people I support them, but to be completely honest, I don't care that much. Okay, what is what would be the closest uh, the closest club to where you live? Because London has Premier it's like Buenos Aires; they, they have like clubs everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in terms of like uh, the closest Premier League club right now is is Chelsea to me. Okay. okay. Um, and the closest, if you know any lower league football. The closest team to me is AFC Wimbledon. Okay. And I can get to their, I can walk to their ground in under half an hour. So. Is that the same, did they, pretty... is that the same club that became MK Dons or, or is, or is that a different club? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, okay. yeah. So Wimbledon became MK Dons and then, and then, uh, a group of fans created AFC or Association Football Club Wimbledon. Um, and they rose from nowhere, like right from the bottom of, of English football, uh, to being now in the same league as, as MK Duns. So okay. it's an impressive story. Wow. Now, if, if I'm not mistaken, the, the, the Wimbledon side that had previously become MK Duns, didn't, didn't Vinnie Jones play for them? There's a real famous picture of him, uh, taking, yeah, taking yeah. out like a six year old. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the, the crazy gang they're known as, they, uh, stunned Liverpool to win the, the FA Cup back in the day. And right. they were, yeah, they had just a, as they, as they called them, a crazy gang of players who were very aggressive and um, known for, you know, being very physical on the pitch. Yeah, he, he insists that even even today that, that it was all ball on that on that play. So uh, <laughs> that, that, that is uh, what he said. Well, listen, I'm glad you're you're on a, with us here on the Cantina Mekis podcast. We do appreciate you taking the time. I know that the time difference is a is a little wonky, but we do want to. Uh, Get into a little of the of the analytics of of, of Liga Mekis first, and then we'll jump into the uh, into into the talk about uh, about Group A. So, in, in your assessment so far this season, uh, who, what side, or is there a particular side, a particular player that that, that you favor? You think is is just having just a lights out season, or, or, or a club that's just pre- performing better than others? And 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 is is it shown? Is it reflected in, on the uh, on on the standings? I think in terms of um in terms of player that for the for the clausura the the man who stands out is definitely Janini who's okay. I mean obviously it's it sounds obvious statistically because he is the top scorer but uh he's got fantastic numbers across the board in terms of his attacking output and I mean his his goals record which is of course the most important stat and it always will be the most important stat in football is phenomenal and uh I think it the term lights out describes it because he's been around Mexico for many years now. Uh, I've never been overly impressed with him. I've always thought that he was a striker who, or forward player who had a lot of all round abilities, you know, fairly quick, fairly good dribbler, fairly strong, decent shooter, but, but didn't have anything outstanding and didn't have anything that made him really special. And, and this campaign suddenly he's, um, He's gone from being just a good, solid player to, you know, one of the best in the league, certainly. Um, so he, for me, stands out in, in terms of his player stance, definitely. Sure. And, and aside from, from the goal scoring, what, what particular metric do, do, do you point at and say, well, you know, this is the reason why this guy's having such a great season? It's, it's the efficiency of his play. Um, as well, uh, it, it's a combination of the two. So, the best attackers, what you see in terms of their numbers is a, a combination of efficiency and output. 
So efficiency is comparing how many successful actions you have to how many unsuccessful actions, like shot on target versus shot off target. Right. And output would be just how many times you're getting those attacking moves in like a shot rather than just a normal pass. Um, and attackers, they've got to be able to do both, I, I find. And Janini has that combination. You know, I'm just looking at it now, less than 50% of the time he gets the ball, he's doing a regular pass. So more than 50% of the time, he's trying something more than just a regular pass. He's trying to take on an opponent. He's trying to get a shot off. He's trying to set up a teammate with an opportunity. So he's just and as not, well as that, not just laying it off to the to, to the guy behind him because he can't really, you know, at this point he's thinking, well, I can't really do any much more than this. I'm just gonna, you know, exactly, pass it back exactly. and we'll try and build up again. Okay, he's getting he's getting forward and looking at the efficiency as well. I mean, out of his hundred possessions, over four times he's getting a shot on target at, with only. 2.2 times getting a shot off target. So he's almost hitting the target twice as much as he's missing the target, which is very good. And as, as far as, as far as teams, is there, is, is there any team that, uh, uh, has, has, has really metrically proved themselves to the point where like, you know, this is the reason why they're up at the, at the, at the top of the table right now, or are they all, uh, pretty even in that sense? Yeah, it's it's difficult with teams. Um I'm still I'm still sort of working out the best way to use to use my performance 100 stuff to look at teams. Um I'm focusing just on on players right now uh to try and fully understand what I can what I can get out of it and and to make sure I'm not, you know, making errors and and making the wrong judgments from it, uh which can be very easily done. Um but I think with with teams what I get normally from looking at certain stats is you learn about the stars of play. Certainly, you know, you, you can see Tigres, for example, playing more of those normal passes than anyone else. Because as we know, Tukafredetti is very safe in possession. He likes to keep the ball. Uh, he doesn't like to take too many risks when they have possession. Whereas Monterey, they give the ball away loads, but they're also playing way more long balls than anyone else they're playing more key passes because they're such a direct style Turco loves to get the ball and quickly get it forward and, and try and create ta- attacks as quickly as possible so I think I've learned more about the style of play so far I'd, I'd say um, judging exact performance uh, is, is very difficult for teams I'm not quite I'm not yet there quite yet although there's some work from um, someone I, I work with who's been looking at dispossessions and is starting to claim that that dispossessions, which are when a player has the ball and they lose it without trying to pass or dribble or shoot, they just lose the ball. Uh, So it might be a poor touch, for example. Um, They're starting to find that dispossessions is a really important metric in actually um, deciding how good a team is. Sure. Now, La Trophy, is is he the the third best player in the world or the fourth best player in the world? <laughs> um third yeah third, third best player thank yeah, you definitely. well i know i want to before we get into group a i'm sure that there are some some of our panelists that want to that want to ask you some questions so i do want to open it up to sure. uh to to the folks i know that uh you know bringing up la trophy so obviously i'm sure Rigo Ayala, who is a a card carrying trophy chaser as am i would, would, would probably want to ask you a couple of questions uh go ahead Rigo. No, I, I'm 
Uh, Tom, hello. Uh, I don't think Hi. we've ever chatted before. Um, but uh, I, I happen to be in agreement with you as far as trophies being the third best player in the world. <laughs> uh, so I'm glad that we uh, have, have this in common. Uh, but going back to dispossessions, um, I know that in your top five or maybe even the top player that was dispossessed, Rodolfo Pizarro is, you know, has been on the list and it's been a point of contention with Chivas fans and, and with you. And, you know, I feel that that is because he is so good with the ball that he always gets double teamed. But this isn't taken, this isn't taken into account when you come up with this stat. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah. Yeah. So is that something that you guys are looking to improve on that stat or it is what it is. If you get double teamed and you get dispossessed, that's just, that's just it. Okay. So a, a few things on this. Um, Firstly, in terms of what I can do in terms of improving, that there's nothing I can do personally right now because um, I'm merely taking a set of, of stats that are put on the Sofa School website and interpreting them. So if they count something as a dispossession, then that's that's what I get. You know, what I see is what I get. I, I'm not. I'm not specifically watching games and, and making the note, notations myself. Um, what kind of check do I have to write for you to exclude Pizarro? From the <laughs> but two, two more things. So that's, that's number one. Number two, um, I do think it is still important to, and to count these failed dribbles and dispossessions, even if, it's taking on one player, taking on two players, because I think it, in, it includes the concept of decision making as well. Because you can make a very strong argument that if we keep seeing Rodolfo Pizarro being dispossessed when he's taking on two players, then why the hell is he carrying on taking on two players? Why is he not going, Hey, I've got two players in front of me. That means there must be one of my teammates unmarked in another part of the pitch. Let's go and find them rather than trying something which is really, really difficult. However, you know, La Chopis uh, can handle the two, the, the, the two on one without any problem. I'm just, I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> <laughs> he can. Yeah. Well, I mean, he is third best in the world and Pizarro is maybe fourth. So, you know, that's, that's, that's difference between the two of them right now. Um, but the third thing on Pizarro is that so when, I said about Pizarro being highly dispossessed and having, um, I, I, I went back and I saw my tweet. Um, he, he had like the highest rate of dispossessions in the league. He was, he's averaging like eight or nine a game. It was ridiculous. He was averaging completing 33% of his passes. Now this was pretty early in the Apertura season. Since then, he's dropped down the list in terms of dispossessions. I'm looking at it right now. He's like, 30th in terms of dispossessions per 100 possessions, which really isn't that bad. And his dribble rate, um, so I'm just trying to find what his dribble rate, dribble percentage is now. He's at 55% dribble completion percentage, which is pretty good uh, for an attacking player that's taking a lot of risks. So I think what we have here is a perhaps a danger of looking at stats too early on in the season. I think he started off the season in very bad form and has picked it up and uh, now looks like a very good attacking player, both on the pitch and and in terms of numbers. 
would you call him up to the national team? Uh, I think I'd rather see him than Gia. Uh, if, if that's the decision to be made, I'd rather see him than Gia right now because, uh, I, I like having the option of such a risk taker. You know, Pizarro is not going to be a, a starting player for Mexico. You know, there, there's enough attacking talent there. But in terms of someone who can come off the bench and really make an impact, he's that sort of guy who I think you can play him as a number 10. You can play him. I, I really like him on the left um, where he he can try and make runs in behind the defense and, and really try and get goals rather than create chances. Uh, and I think that he's, you know, a, he's, a, he's a risk-taking player. He's a high-risk player. And it, those guys are really useful to have, particularly off the bench. So, yeah, if the choice is him or Gio, then, yeah, I'm, I'm going bizarre, definitely. Now, uh, uh, shifting gears here, uh, since I know we do have some other folks that, that, that want to get into questions, so we do have a see if uh, our, uh, our resident uh, Americanista. Club America, they suck. Has, uh, do, do you see anything in, in your analysis uh, that, that, that points to Another inevitable championship by 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 Club America, or are they uh, are they going to be stuck watching someone else lift the trophy this season? Uh, it's it's tough in America. I mean, they they've I think they've improved in the Clausura actually. Um, I mean, they've only lost once, which is very impressive. But like in the Apertura, they were really poor statistically. I mean. They were, they were barely creating chances. Like, their, their amount of chances they were creating during the Apertura was the same as guys at the bottom of the table. Um, they just managed to find a way to win. They had a, a ridiculous efficiency. Um, they, like, like, Peralta was, was finishing chances at, at a very, very impressive rate. Um, I think they've, they've definitely strengthened. Um, but for me, I mean, they've still got their two biggest assets are Piojo with his experience, with his ability um, to win big games, and Guido Rodriguez, who is the best player in Liga Mekis for me. Uh, Rodriguez, the... Uh... Well, help, help me out here. It's, uh... the he's, they're, holding, they're holding midfielder. Yeah, the holding yeah, midfielder. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank yeah, you, thank you. Yeah. Ronnie, Ronnie, uh, Ronnie De Luna is our, 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 our sitting crema, uh, Americanista. Ronnie, do you, uh, I know you, you've been saying pretty much all season, Ronnie, that, that you haven't been fully convinced. So it sounds like the, 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 the Tom's numbers and analysis kind of reflect what you've been saying, Ronnie. You guys should yeah. be like best buds. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's, there's something that still bugs me between the overlaps. And between the, the, the offense or the, the front, the, the line, the midfield line and the forwards, I sometimes they just, they get, they struggle, uh, playing off the ball and stuff. I just, something just bugs me about it so far. I mean, I, I said it from the very beginning, you know, very beginning. I think they're, they're a lock to at least make it to the semifinal. I just don't see them winning it. I, I don't. I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, I hope they do, but I just, I'm not expecting it. That's, uh, hmm. That's interesting about um what you say about like the the midfield and the attack lines like perhaps not connecting well. I kind of feel like that's always been an issue. Whenever I see America 
especially at home, like the games are always so open and there just seems like these massive gaps between between like the defense, the midfield, the attack. Uh, and sometimes um, it's like, it seems like there's little connection between between um, the parts of the team. And back in the day, it used to kind of be up to Sam Wessler to just sort of take the ball and, and just run it on the half of the pitch and try and make something happen. I, I mean, personally, I mean, I've been, I've been following America since the late 80s and I always like, enjoyed America better uh, on the road. Because at least back then, at least back then until the early 2000s, you know, when America played at home, people were bunker, teams were bunker. Uh, not so much. I mean, most of the teams now attack, but for me, for me, I always liked America when they were playing on the road because, you know, the, the home teams, they're like, they're like almost forced to, to open up a little. Yeah. And, uh, and I, and, and that's when I enjoyed America's games, you know, the most, you know, when they were usually on the road. They also seem, yeah. if I remember right, had a, a pretty that. decent team back in the in the late eighties, early nineties too. So. Yeah, but there was a reason why they, they teams were were shelling up to, to 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 play them for sure. Now let's uh, switch gears here, since we do have everybody. We do want uh, over the next few weeks here on the on the podcast, we want to start uh, talking World Cup since it is uh, you know we're inside a hundred days, we're about two and a half months away, and. At least uh, for the next few weeks, we want to bring in somebody to talk about uh, a particular team in each group. And uh, we talked about this uh, uh, earlier off uh, off mic, I guess, uh, in the past couple of weeks, that really the the most interesting team in the, in the first group, Group A, is, is probably going to be Egypt, just because of the fact that, uh, you know, obviously, you know, Russia is the host, but they're not particularly strong. Uruguay is Uruguay. I actually got a chance to speak to some Uruguayans yesterday about that, which we'll talk about here as well. But but Egypt is, is one of those teams that they're not necessarily they haven't been in a World Cup since 1990, but they do happen to have uh, a, a fantastic player who's having a fantastic season in the uh, in the uh, in the Premier League with Liverpool and Mo Salah. And I guess my question to you, Tom, is is, is that going to be enough for Egypt? Do you think to to to, to get them through at least to, to the knockouts where they would play in all likelihood either Portugal or Spain? Or is is Egypt going to have to have more than just Mo to uh, in order for that to happen? Well, they need a bit more, but I think they've got a great draw. First of all, I mean, this Group A is is perfectly set up for um, someone, you know, probably either Egypt or Russia to to take a second place spot that they probably wouldn't have got in the majority of other groups. You know, I expect Uruguay to win this group. You'd expect Saudi Arabia to not make much of an impact, but you know, you never know what's going to happen. But yeah, I, I fancy Egypt. You know, I, I don't think Russia are very impressive. They've had, you know, years of playing friendlies now. They haven't had World Cup qualifiers to prepare. They've got, they still seem to not have much of an idea about, you know, sort of what their best team is. They're, they're definitely nowhere near as good as they were back when they had like, are Shavin and, and they had that really fantastic run in the Euros. Um, but yeah, I mean, Egypt's overall, I think they're a decent team. Uh, but certainly if, if Salah's on form, then he can tear the Russian defense apart. Definitely. Now, and, and in addition to, uh, having a favorable group, I mean, I do remember in 1990 when Egypt, uh, I guess it was the first time they'd been in the World Cup since the 30s. I think at that point, I think the last time they'd made it was 38. And they were in a group with uh, with Holland, Ireland, and England. 
And so everyone automatically assumed, well, it's going to be either Holland, Ireland, England that end up advancing, which they mm-hmm. ultimately did, oddly enough. But the the the, the game against Egypt was not uh, an easy game at all for any of them. In fact, I want to say Egypt uh, drew two and then and then lost to England like in the very last in, in, in the last minutes of the game. I mean, it was and they were ahead too, so it wasn't like 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 they were going to get blown out. But they do start off that they play Uruguay first, and then they play Russia. They, then they play Russia. And then they end with, with with Saudi Arabia, so they'll know what they need to do um, after their two games, and then they have their you know what 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 consider the, their easiest game against uh, against Saudi Arabia. Now, I do want to ask you since since you do live in England, I mean, I mean, what what kind of impact has 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 Mo Salah had in, in the Premier League? Because he is he is the leading uh, goal scorer, is he not uh, so far this season? He is, yeah, uh, it's a massive impact. I mean, there's. You know, people are talking about the the general thing is um, should it be him or should it be Kevin De Bruyne who wins the the Player of the Year for the Premier League? So everyone is absolutely amazed by by how good he's been this season. Um, obviously, a lot some people in England caught a glimpse of him before because he was at Chelsea and he barely got a, a chance. Um, he actually, I was saying to you just before about um, Chelsea being the nearest club to me, uh, Premier League club. And he actually um, used to go to a mosque that was just down the road from me. And, and people always used to say, oh, I've just seen Mo Salah. I've just seen Mo Salah in the mosque and stuff like this. Uh, but we, he was probably seen in the mosque more than he was seen on the pitch because he barely got a chance for Chelsea. And so, you know, he did well at Roma, but people weren't expecting him to have this kind of an impact. Um, so it's been amazing uh, that he's suddenly become not just a, a fast, tricky winger, but a guy who's scoring a goal a game, if not if not better. And 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 he's the kind of player that can score you know, from anywhere on the pitch. He's not just a you know a guy that, that, that finishes with the head or, you know, you know, only is gonna crash a six yard box. I mean he's been scoring goals uh, uh from everywhere and anywhere outside the uh Outside the eighteen, now my other question I have: If he does have a good World Cup, which which hopefully he will, because we want to see the, uh, you know, I guess he would be the fourth best player in the world right now behind uh, Messi, Ronaldo, and the trophies. So we put Salah fourth, or maybe fifth with Pizarro. I don't know, but we'll, 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 that's some a point of discussion. But so if if he does, have, so how much would Real Madrid have to pony up to to to, to get him? Because that's exactly what's going to happen. Would, would would you consider this then to be like like like? Would they be breaking records to to, to bring him on? Because because you know that they're going to make an effort. Yeah, I mean, who knows what Real are going to do this year? Um, I guess it depends if they if they go on to win the Champions League or not. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Real go a bit mad in the in the window this year. Uh, I've I've no idea. I mean, you you'd think surely not as much as Neymar, but but you know. Football's football's gone insane in terms of uh, transfers and um, Salah. If he can keep it up, this level of form for a few more seasons, then he probably is worth two hundred million. However, this might just be one ridiculous season, and sure. he's never this good again. So, so if 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 Real Madrid and, and Tigres get into it, get into a bidding war, who who do you think <laughs> who do you think wins? I, I definitely think the Mexican lifestyle might have some sort of sway. You know, sure. I, I think he could accept 500k a week less to, to come to Mexico. 
go go hang out at the discos in uh, in in Monterrey. Yeah. yeah. Now, like I mentioned, uh, I did get a chance to speak to some. Uh, I was at a uh, at our. What I want to sound all fresa, but I was at our club yesterday, my wife and I, and there were some folks from uh, visiting from Uruguay uh, that we got to talking, and they are. Uh, it was interesting because they they they, they seem to be resigned to the fact that you know we're gonna we know we're gonna make it out of the first round but then after that we're not gonna get to play or we're gonna play either Portugal or Spain and that'll be that for us and I think so so they're thinking round of sixteen for for Uruguay and that's it. And uh, it was interesting because and this is something that I've noticed that's kind of a, a phenomenon that I've noticed uh from folks in South America and even in Europe is that they are so much higher on on, on Mexico and Mexico's national team than any Mexican I've ever met. It was, uh, and, and it's just curious to me if, if, if that happens over in, uh, in, 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 in Europe as well. I mean, do, I know that at least, I mean, even, even here on our podcast, I mean, we, we are, we're, you know, somewhat bearish on, on Mexico's uh, chances in the upcoming World Cup. It, is that the same sentiment, uh, you know, for, for quote unquote neutrals, like, 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 like pundits over, over in Europe? Are, are they bullish on Mexico or are they bearish on Mexico? Um, or do they, do they even honest, care about Mexico? Do they, is Mexico even make the yeah. conversation? Well, yeah, to, I was gonna, I was gonna say. To be honest, not much. There isn't much talk about Mexico. Right. Um, they aren't considered one of the the favorites to win sure. um, the World Cup. And so, you know, in the run up to the World Cup, all the focus is who are the favorites and who are England playing in the group, right? Uh, in England, at least, you know, that's that's what people talk about, and so. Yeah, I'm. I'm yet to really hear a mention of of Mexico well, it, in it, terms it, of the World Cup. It sounds like Tom that you need to be more of an ambassador then uh, uh, for folks <laughs> in London. You need to, you need to get the word out there. And this is actually yeah, a, people, people <laughs> and, and this is another conversation that we've had with, with with folks that live in Europe too. Is, is that Liga MX does a very poor job of getting their product out there and visible? I mean, you 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 said so yourself on uh, 2013. You had to go to your and I'm air quoting favorite streaming site to to watch yeah. Liga Mekis sets. So they don't have like a weekly wrap up show that you can watch on on Eurosport for Liga Mekis. There's if, if you want to watch Liga Mekis, you have to you know you have to do it you know basically under under cloak and dagger so that no one no one knows that uh, that that you're streaming yeah. some stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, there's there's literally no media coverage whatsoever. Absolutely nothing. Um, I have. Uh, I'm I'm trying to think if I've ever even seen an article um, in any sort of British publication about Liga Mekis. Um, I I can't even I can't even think of that. Um, I think the only time I've ever seen it mentioned is uh, I think it was the Guardian were doing a feature on like the greatest goals ever and. They had the um, Cardoso goal for Toluca was one of them that they featured, okay. um, and they wrote a, wrote a piece about I, that. I think that was the six zero spanking that they gave America. That was. That was. Is that the that goal? Was, it's like it's like they do. It's like a counterattack, and they have like that, thirty that passes was, on the counterattack. That that was Tiki Taka before it was known as Tiki Taka. Right. Honestly, Man, the, that, like, that the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. It's yeah, unbelievable. It's, it's pretty bad. Is that one of the reasons why you hate the Lucas, Ron? No, I hate the Lucas. Them way before that. Okay. 
So that 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 just added to your anger then. You know, that, 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 yeah. That, that that particular goal. Well, that's a, a good chance for us to uh, to uh, button back then to, uh, to to Liga Mekis Tom. And again, thank you very much for joining us. We do appreciate uh, you, you you coming on uh, here on the Cantina Mekis podcast. So, and, and and looking at all your you know at your crystal ball and everything else, and and, and you've crunched the numbers. Are, are you are you ready at this point to say who you think is going to end up as the uh, the Liga Mekis champion? You've asked me my least favorite question in the world. Um... <laughs> Well, it's hard because 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 there's a league that you have to there's a playoff that you have to deal with, which you know that's something that you don't necessarily have to deal with just about anywhere else in the world other than the U.S. So, I mean, it it, it is a very difficult uh, question to uh, to answer for sure. Yeah, it is. I I hate answering this question. I hate predicting anything to do with Liga Mekis because it's an unpredictable league at the best of times. And yeah, then you chuck in Liga as well, and it's like you, I have just no idea. Um, well, you know, the easy thing to do is just say and just make all your fans happy because uh, you know, at least all your Chivas fans happy. But you know, we don't have to. You don't have to. Or just pick a team that no one supports. Exactly. You know, I used to do <laughs> like, that all the time. I used to write and I'd say, with? "And who's going to win? Morelia. Morelia was yeah, always my my, my go-to. Q Santos. Ah, Daniel Preciado joins us. Daniel, were you, were you on when uh, when when uh, Tom was 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 waxing poetic about your boy uh, Janini? No, I, I, I missed it, unfortunately. Oh, no, it was, it was, he was, he, he said that he has been the, uh, the, uh, the most impressive player so far this season, at least according to his, uh, his number crunch. Yeah, it'll be nice. Uh, I think he should be coming back. So, uh, I don't know. Like I said, I, I'm a little bit, uh, saddened or a little bit, uh, concerned with, with, with the chances, but hopefully, uh, um, Nestor joins the team again and, because otherwise, I think they get a probably like a one in four chance of of of, of lifting the title if if everybody goes in uh, healthy. Right. So 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 Tom, now we we bought you a little time, Tom. So so now you can you know you can say without without prejudice. And he could agree. He could agree with Santos. He could. I mean, he that's could. like a team that nobody. There's. I'm probably. You're the only Santos fan in the U.S. I can't be. There's actually, actually know that because I saw a guy in Houston wearing a Santos shirt. I thought it would might have been your dad. Honestly, my dad's a wheeler, so oh, oh my god, <laughs> that could not be him. <laughs> so, all right, Tom. My, so, my, my mom, my mom is from from uh, Lerdo, so okay. So, so, so Tom laid out laid out for us. You, no one's gonna get mad at you. You can just uh, you know just what, what does your gut tell you? Don't, don't look at the numbers. What 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 does your gut tell you? My gut tells me that Rayados will finally do it. Okay, after a lot of near misses in recent season. Uh, but I, uh, Santos definitely, uh, I think, have a great chance. I, it just, you know, I really like their team. I think they're very solid, solid squad all around. Um, I think that, yeah, they're, they're strong across the pitch. They've built, they've built a good team and done some impressive things there. All right. So, so your gut says Rayados, you're, you're, you're high on Santos. What about Toluca? I mean, they haven't lost since the winter solstice. Practically, they're they're on like a six or seven game win streak. Is that something that you that you see continuing to happen for for Toluca? Or are they uh, going to get cold at the wrong moment and and then fizzle out? Yes, yeah, perhaps that sort of peaking too soon thing, isn't it? Yeah. But, but yeah, um, it's it's tough to keep that streak going, kind of from 
mid-season all the way through and into Ligia and keep the form going. Uh, so I also, I'm not, whenever I've seen them and I, I see a lot of their home games because they're on early um, and they just, they never particularly impress me. Uh, I know it's partly due to the, the heat of the, the midday kickoffs. Like the pace is always really slow, and and it can be difficult to get going. And well, it's more due to the altitude than the heat because it's like sixty five. Well, the, yeah, the altitude too. That, that's true. And, and then um, one, one last question I want to ask you before, because I feel like I feel uh, I'm a Pumas fan, and I know that that that, that Albert joins us as a Pumas fan as well. How lucky is it for Pumas that they're going to suspend relegation for the next two seasons because they really have just been. Uh, for lack of a better term, crapping themselves for the past couple of years. So, I mean, is is this is 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 it good for Pumas that that that, uh, that they're not going to get relegated over the next couple of years? Because I just don't see there, there's no end in sight for this. I think that I think to be honest, there's worse teams. Um, there's always there's always Atlas and Cruz Azul and Veracruz and whoever gets promoted. Um, I think I think there's worse teams. Than, than Pumas, although well, good. Well, that, yeah, that, that, right. that makes great, me feel right. a little bit better. That makes me feel a little bit better. Someone uh, Caretro as well. Caretro uh, definitely been that's a, a smart thing to say there, Tom. Because Beto, you, he's a, he's a he's a computer genius, so he probably would have done something to your computer. <laughs> that's right. That's right. He would he would have <laughs> hacked in and changed your passwords wow. and and make uh, and make Picolin the greatest player that ever played <laughs> statistically. <laughs> so maybe that's something. Well. Tom, uh, we do want to wrap it up, but does anybody else have any any questions for Tom before we let him go? Because I know it's getting late for him over in the- Actually, actually, I do, I do. Uh, I have a question regarding uh, the performance one one hundred. Sure. I remember, I think it was about eight years back. I remember reading about the they 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 were installing them over there in you know your neck of the woods. Like for example, Benitez uh, when he was with um, with Liverpool. I forget the name of the software, but it was basically tracking players, and they were trying to get into that whole money ball, uh, mm. you know, type of performance. I forget the name of the, the software, and I remember the reason I remember this is because America was the first team in, in the Americas to install this technology. I haven't heard anything since because apparently they were supposed, you know, they're they. I guess the technology is where they install cameras and other sensors and stuff like that uh, with with you know in the stadium. Yeah, but. I mean, at least in Mexico, I, I, I didn't see that it that it uh, that it picked up. Um, in terms of you know having all those statistics, do you, I mean, do you think there comes a point where there's just you know sometimes there's like too much statistics uh, in, in soccer? Uh, yeah, I think that the general consensus within the kind of football soccer stat community right now is that. There's been this massive increase, like you you point out, due to improvements in technology, all these cameras, um, you know, tracking chips that the players have, heart monitor sensors that they wear in training, some players, all these things. Um, because of all these increases in technology, there's massive amounts of data. And um, I've actually um, done a, a bit of, Work a bit of help for some of the, a couple of Liga Mekis clubs in terms of stats, and they've sent me like their post-match um, data spreadsheets. Like, you know, here's what 
that they just buy a package off a company that produces them and yeah. they get sent this, this spreadsheet at the end of the game. And so, you know, I've been sent it a few times and, you know, they've gone, you know, Tom, what do you make of this? What would you have to say? And it's, it's like 30 pages long, you know, for, for one match. And it is an extraordinarily large amount of data. And yeah, like I was saying, the general consensus within the stack community is like, we've had this massive increase in how much we've got, but we don't really know what to do with it. And I don't think anyone's yet managed to get the best out of the stats. So yeah, I totally agree. There is so much out there. I wouldn't say necessarily there's too much. I think that people just haven't worked out exactly how best to interpret data. And you've even and, changed yeah. your metric. So you, yeah. You've gone from like, instead of a per game, to you've gone to like the per 100 possessions. So well, why did you decide to make that change? Um, it's because I, I can't remember exactly when the idea came to me. I mean, I'm, I'm not claiming that I'm the first person to ever have the idea, but I do believe that from what I've seen, I'm the first person to like put it on Twitter at least. Um, I, I can't remember why, I can't remember when, but the idea just came to me that, uh, when I, when I saw stats, it was always per 90 minutes. And I thought, well, hang on a minute. What if a player is getting the ball twice as much as another player per match? Um, it would be really unfair to compare two players. Like in Mexico, for example, um, Toluca play completely through Ruben Sembuesa. He's by far their key man and he gets the ball like 60, 70 times a game. So someone like, I don't know, Aribe Peralta barely gets the ball from America like 25, 30 times. So it would be unfair to compare the two in terms of what they're doing per 90 minutes because Sambuesa is getting the ball twice as much, if not more. But he's got more chances to get a goal, get an assist, put crosses in, complete dribbles, stuff like that. Um, so I guess I thought, well, why not look at how many times, rather than um, divide player actions by minutes, divide it by possessions, how much, how many times they get the ball. And then you can say, well, look, you know, Sambuesa and Peralta both had a hundred chances to do something. Let's see what they did with those chances. But I mean, but uh, another question, and obviously in, in the game of soccer, there, there sometimes coaches will relinquish possession. And obviously when you relinquish possession, absolutely, you know, I mean, does it take into account that as well? Um, so it shows how many times that a player loses possession and, and how they do it. Like how many missed like, passes, like, like dribbles, stuff like that. Like, I, like I'm saying, what I'm saying is like, for example, let's say, you know, Cruz Azul scores in the, in the 15th minute against America. I'm just, mm-hmm. you know, hypothetical. There's a lot of teams that basically start sitting back and, and really don't, you know, they'll just play for the counter attack and, 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 I mean, does it, does it take in, I mean, did the statistics that they give you, does it take into consideration when a team is willing, like willingly concedes possession? Because obviously that does change how many times a player will, will, will touch the ball or, you know, and stuff like that. And, and how many times a player, like his, you know, his teams or his teammates will engage with him going into the attack. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, it's a very good point. And, uh, the answer is no. Right, right now it doesn't. Um, I'm, I'm just looking at pure. I've, all I've got is the capabilities that look at pure numbers across the whole season. The hope is that if you're putting together a large enough data set, then yeah. you are, you're, you're averaging out the amount of times that a team will be pushing for a winner, the amount of times they'll be holding on 
to a lead, the amount of times that a game will be even and it will be end to end. Um, that's the hope that if you take averages across the whole season, then you'll get that. But it's a very fair point. And, um, I think there's a danger in, in taking too much in terms of pure quality and in terms of trying to look at stats and therefore saying player A is better than player B. I prefer to look at it as like player A is better at doing this than player B. And so if a manager is looking for a specific talent in a player, then that's where I think certainly my performance 100 stuff becomes really, really useful. You know, it's amazing I mean, I, about I all the statistics, to... uh, Ron, Tom, both is, is that with all the statistics, they say it, it's still amazing. I know you brought up Cruz Azul that, that despite all the, all the statistics that, you, that, that, that anybody has, Cruz Azul will still give up a late winner at the end to lose the game. So, <laughs> so no, it, it is amazing. Tom, I, I, for one, am, you know, glad that you're doing this because, and, and the guys on the panel know this. One of the things growing up was I hated when the analysis was, Let's press it like I said. I mean, meaning that oh, it's because you know the, the shirts look too big for them. You know, and that to me was never an, anal- uh, an analysis. You know, so I'm I, for one, I'm, I'm happy that you're yeah. you know that you're. And the other side of that, Ron, is jugó bien porque le puso huevos. Yeah, that's the type of analysis yeah. that that that's one of the analysis that we used to get. You know, and that's why you know even Joel, who I don't think is on, you know, we used to say that sometimes the Mexican soccer fan is, is a little clueless because for years, for generations, we've gone crappy. Analysis from from you know from uh, from the pundits, um, but ha- but having you know you know having said that, I mean like it's I used to love reading soccer mania because they used to have really good statistics. You know the guy uh, Jorge Witkel. I don't know if you know him. Uh, I uh, You should look him up on Twitter. Uh, he's he's a he's a guru when it comes to to, to statistics. Um, but you know going you know like for example with Guatemala Blanco, I'm just you know, one of the things that, you know, statistics-wise was, like, for goals, he scored, I don't know how many, what, 30-something plus goals with the, with the national team, when you compare that to Chicharito. I would consider Cuauhtémoc Blanco better than Chicharito for one reason, because when you looked at, at, the, at, the, at the goals that Cuauhtémoc scored versus the goals that, you know, Chicharito would score, Chich, you know, uh, uh, Cuauhtémoc Blanco would score them, you know, when I would give Mexico the lead or two, Tie the game as opposed to let's say Mexico's winning two nothing or three nothing, and you're just adding on, you're just tallying on. I mean, to me, like for example, the goals that you know Zagi would score with the national team, and to a certain degree, even Chicharito, it's like, I don't, well, I should say later on Chicharito, not in the beginning, because in the beginning it looks like he was you know on that route of becoming better than Guatemala with records a goal score. Um, with the statistics, and you, and you saw this in baseball uh, with the home runs you know, the walk-off home run or the game-changing home run where it's like that's how you were able to determine if a player is really clutch. It's like, you know, to do something when, when it really matters. And and I guess, you know, with the statistics that you get from League MX, do you, you guys, like, are you guys looking into that? Like, you know, the player that actually gives a pass when it really matters or, or scoring when it really matters? You should keep in mind, though, Ronnie, that he's had a lack of opportunities, too. He hasn't been the he hasn't been the the undisputed starter in all those critical games. No, I'm not. I'm not trashing Chicharito. Okay. No, I'm just saying it's it's a yeah. that's a fact. I think. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, John. I mean, you're the you're the World Cup uh, encyclopedia. Has he hasn't he been 
oftentimes coming um, a substitute. He's only had one start, I believe, in in his World Cup uh, in his World Cup career. Most of the other times, he's been coming off the bench. Somos muy chingones, la humanidad. I mean, he gave he gave us the lead. He gave us the lead against France. So obviously, that you know, that's uh, you know, yeah. That, but his only start was against up. Argentina. His only start was against uh, Argentina. Yeah. So I mean, I, I guess that's that's what you know because right now, like for example, in baseball, you get so many statistics. I personally think more than you know three quarters of them are worthless. I mean, I, I care about that you know that game winning that that hit or that run that you you know. That's but, but you do have a kind of like a clutch metric, don't you, Tom? I mean, haven't you uh, put up you know at least in comparisons of players that that, that have had quote unquote more important touches or, or touches that led to more things at more critical times in the game. Yeah. So what I've done recently, I, I uploaded the top 10 today was um, goals and big chances created, um, adding the two together per hundred possessions who did the most, but that doesn't take into account what was mentioned. And it's a fantastic point about um, clutch players and, there's people who've done stuff before, um, studies before about rather than looking at just pure numbers of goals and assists or big chances created, I, I prefer to using them to assist because assists are very dependent on how good your teammates are. Um, instead of doing that, you look at how many points a player is earning from their goals and their assists. Right. So rather than just pure numbers of goals you're looking at how many points those goals are running their team. And that then creates that sort of clutch figure because you're, you're saying that, you know, if a player is just adding the second, third, fourth goals in, in games, um, then they're not that worthwhile. You know, they're not earning your team many points. Now, However, Chicharito may have had, uh, at least initially with the national team, maybe kind of fallen off of that. But you ask any Manchester United fan, and they will tell you that he was absolutely clutch because a lot of his goals, uh, as, as Ron described, were, were either were either match winners, match equalizers, or or or, or, or goals where they ended up putting them ahead. I mean, uh, I, I can, yeah. at least yeah. in his first couple, the, the, the two championships that he won with Manchester United, he was directly responsible for about ten or twelve of those games that that, that they won in, in in both of those seasons. So uh, uh, that th- that is something that. Uh, if, if you could figure out a way to uh, uh, calculate that, that would be a, a very interesting thing to see. Uh, not just any guy making yeah, I mean, across the whole board. There is, there is, but it's just something that <laughs> it's something that basically just takes a really long time. Sure. You've got to go through the game and say like, okay, this guy scored the winning goal. That means he earned three points for his team, given three points. And you have to do this for like every game. So my, sounds like you need an intern. <laughs> Sounds like you need an intern, Tom. You need to get. We need a crowdfund and uh, and hire some peeps for you, Tom. I need to get paid myself first before I can hire anyone. (laughs) Tom, where can people follow you on Twitter? What what is your what is your Twitter handle? You can follow me at tomh underscore thirty six. And do you have a a website where folks can learn more about your uh, your per one hundred tabulations? Uh, I don't right now. Uh, perhaps I should get one. <laughs> All right. Well, but, uh, but, 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 but you are very active on Twitter and you do post a lot of that. And is it just Liga I make is your following right now or are you starting to expand a little more into, uh, other, other areas, other leagues? So, um, in terms of the, the kind of stats and analysis, I'm, I'm 
focused on Liga Mekis, but yeah, I am looking to expand a bit more. I've done some some stuff for some Premier League, and um, I'm hoping um, to get it to to get. My aim is to get faster in creating graphics, and um, if I can get faster in creating the graphics, then I can start to produce more for, for different leagues and try to expand out and see if I can get some more followers from around the world and see if that sparks people's interest. Do you have plans for um, but, uh, I'm hoping that um, there will be lots of good stats available and I can continue to make some, some stuff. So, um yeah, uh, I don't know where I'll be or what exactly I'll be doing in the World Cup. And, and my last so, question yeah. for you uh, and uh, is England. What's going to happen? How does how disappointed are England fans going to be this summer? Or are they not going to be disappointed at all? I actually think that we will get to the quarterfinals and people will be fairly satisfied. Okay. Regarding your graphics, you may want to reach out to uh, David from uh, Mech Sport. He's actually one of uh, he's a countryman of yours. Came to the World Cup in '86 as a fan, and somehow decided to stay. And he had his camera, and you know he probably has the biggest uh, sports uh, photo company in Mexico. Oh, wow. He was the go-to guy. Um, he was the go-to. He still is the go-to guy in, in football and in Mexican sports. Yeah. So what's I'm, gonna, I'm actually uh, Mech Sports uh, Photo. His name is David. Um, yeah, I, I met him actually at the 2010 World Cup. Nice guy. Thank wow. you. Ronnie sounds like he's on the treadmill again. No, I'm actually outside, man, in Philly. It's cold. I'm just walking. I'm just walking uh, the park. I'm walking the park right now. Oh, okay. Well, uh, well, thanks, uh, Tom. We do appreciate you joining us. Uh, is there anything else you want to leave us with before we uh, before we let you go? I just want to say um, thanks a lot for making time for me. I know you had to adjust your schedule a bit um, to incorporate me in my annoying time zone. So thank you very much. It was a real pleasure to be on and really fun to, to chat about plenty of stuff. Well, we do appreciate you coming on and uh, uh, thanks again. Well, we'd love to have you uh, on again. Uh, maybe we'll uh, have you on uh, when, when England surprises everyone and makes it to the, uh, makes it to the semifinals in this uh in, in, in this summer's World Cup. So uh, uh, thanks again for coming on. Uh, we do appreciate I'd love it. To come on Definitely. That was uh, Tom Harrison joining us. Uh, Tom Harrison joining us from London, England, on the Cantina Mekis podcast uh, uh, live on tape. Uh, we do thank uh, Tom for coming on and uh, giving us a, a very detailed explanation as to how he uh, and, and what he looks forward to determine as to whether or not. Uh, uh, a, a, a way to, uh, I guess, have some metrics for for some players in in in, in their performance, and uh, glad to see that he uh, has taken such a keen interest in the Liga Mekis. So we do appreciate him jumping on with us uh, here on the Cantina Mekis podcast, and that we do thank all of you for uh, for coming on and listening uh, with us. But we do have a little bit more to get to. I'm, I'm glad that we have a, a couple of other folks that have joined us. It's kind of like the uh, like the second shift has come in. Uh, we had the uh, the East Coast shift, and now we have the West Coast shift. So uh, glad to uh, have on with us. Uh, Daniel Preciado joins us once again. Daniel, how are you, sir? Pretty good, John. Uh, good evening, everyone. Uh, glad to have you with us, Daniel. Now, he uh, he, he spoke very highly, uh, metrically, uh, of your boy, Gianni, saying that not only is he scoring, but 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 he's making so many other plays that are that are leading to 
scoring opportunities. He's not just a casagol. He's not just a, a guy. He's a obviously not, but uh, he's now a, an official friend of the of the show. So, uh, but no, um, I, I guess uh, he he isn't exactly getting into the realm of prediction based on what he's the numbers, right? He's just kind of like food for thought kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, it seems like he, um, and I can't speak for for, for Tom, and maybe, maybe some of the other folks can uh, help it, but but yeah, it, it 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 just seems like uh, well, you know what, what he's able to provide is a. A, a certain way, you know, a different way of, of looking at, at a player's performance, you know, you know, based purely on the, uh, on some statistics, you know, as far as possession and passing and, and distance run and, you know, how much they run in dribbles and, and tackles, et cetera. So it's, uh, uh, it is fascinating. And, uh, you know, he did mention that, uh, and it's something that we'll, that we'll, um, we will discuss uh, here at length uh, that, that um, maybe this boy uh, Pizarro should uh, get, get the shot over over Giovanni in the uh, in the upcoming World Cup. And uh, you know, again, Pizarro had a you know man of the match performance uh, last night. Um, so it was uh, something that that uh, I found very interesting. Very interesting that uh, that uh, that Rigo and some of his uh, fellow Chivarmanos uh, we're saying that that, that that Tom's stats were, were were skewed and unfair when it came to well uh, to Rodolfo. Rodolfo Pizarro. So we'll see how that uh, how that. Yeah, I thought I thought, I thought the 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 overall, I guess, grade on on Pizarro was mixed. Um, I I do agree with this with this point though, um, as far as he, where I'm starting to kind of sway a little bit into if it was between the two. Uh, between Gio and Pizarro, that you'd probably want to, on some level, you know, you, Pizarro does does uh, add a bit more spark or uh, is más atrevido at this point in their careers, right? And, and uh, later in the game, it's probably if you're calling on someone on either of them, it's probably because you need that very thing. I don't think Pizarro has good uh, as good uh, shooting skills or danger on goal as Gio does or has shown in the past. But as far as ball skill and dribbling, 10 times better than Gio. I can't even remember the last time Giovanni even took a shot at goal uh, for, for Mexico. I mean, it's, it's been like two or three years. It's been a while. And so, I don't think the, the the way they're playing allows him to really flourish. I always yeah. thought that he he's always looked best uh, when, on the counter attack. It is uh, it is a, it is a great big uh, a great big mess, and uh, of course, who who better to talk uh, about a, about a, about a big mess uh, like uh, what Osorio has done with the uh, with the national team and moving players in and around positions is, is of course one of his one of his staunchest fans and and, and, and fiercest defenders. I'm talking about Joel Aceves, who joins us from. Uh, from California. Joel, how are you, sir? Say, yeah, you're, you're here. Yeah, last one out. Please turn off the lights. Please. Yeah. Sweep and put the stuff away. Um, yeah, got, got to uh, listen to some of the show, though. Well, good, good. And are you, uh, Joel, uh, um, since we do have you on, are you are you cautiously optimistic that uh, Chivas might be able to uh, eke out a result in the Conca Champions, or are you uh, reserved to the fact that that that's no, I, 
No, I did predict they would reach the final. Okay. Um, and fortunately for them, they've been playing better on the road than at home. Right. So it, I wasn't too surprised to see Chiwa struggle because they've been doing it at home for all season long and even from a big part of last season. So that, that was no surprise. But, um, you know, and the, the weight game, I think we will probably see a different game. Uh, okay. Okay. Do you think? Uh, do you think uh, not, not having uh, La Chofis in the home leg, and then hopefully having him in the way leg? Do you, do you think he 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 will make uh, the kind of difference that uh, all of us trophy chasers are know, know he will? I, I Te vas a subir al camión? No, no. I, it's too late for that. I, you, I criticize him. Ya me aguanto. Pero me tengo que aguantar. Siempre, siempre hay espacio en el Chofi Express. En el Chofi Express. No, but I was seeing some of the um, some of the comments from uh, the Energy Drink FC coach, and he was saying how you know he he regards Pizarro as as Chivas' best player, and they were gonna they were gonna have something for him. So I think if if they do do that, having someone like Chofis could. It's just, you know, someone else for them to worry about. That is uh that is a very uh, a very good Yeah, and, very, and I good, think point. Yeah, and I think what what a lot of the fans we've been waiting for is for Orbelin cuz he he hasn't been the same man ever since he got called up to the Gold Cup. His stock just dropped. No plummeted. le es que le pesa la camiseta, le pesa la camiseta. No le pesa or too much, too much partying, man. No, no le pone huevos, Joel. <laughs> Those are the two biggest reasons. Le pesa la camiseta y no. Sometimes it's discipline. I, I've, I've grown to know that. Well, you know, he's only, what, 22? Yeah, and, and I mean, we've, we've said it before how that big party that Chivas, you know, it's like a frat house. You know, all, all the players, once they start making it, once they start becoming known, you know, they're, they're involved in the contact. Yes. Yeah. We even said with Fabian, you know, when, when they were calling him, um, and I forget what they were calling him, but I remember the memes where when he when he went on loan to Cruz Azul and uh, and, and they had a meme and, and Fabian said, yo, yo traigo las copas, and he had like, all these drinks. When was so, the uh, the last time you you party with Chivas Juan? No, that's Rigo, man. He constantly travels on there. He he, he travels on the Trophy Express as well as well. Yeah. Is what Rigo In the VIP. Well, you know, here's the th I've always thought that you know when you're an athlete, and obviously Orbanina is is a player that's talented. You know, is he the kind of player that's just going to rely on his talent and and and, and not improve, or is he is he, or is he a, a player who's going to be serious about the profession and understand that yes, I'm talented, but 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 you know, so is everybody else, and I and I have to work on my game in order to improve. And then it's and it's not just you know doing stuff on the field. I mean, you have to change the way that you you know as 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 Cheekies has put out to us many times. I mean, there's but it's not just a matter of that. It's, it's also you know what kind of food you eat, et cetera. I mean, even excuse me, even Messi in his early twenties, you know, understood that there's no way that he can, you know, you know, 
play soccer and play well on a diet of, of, of steak, French fries, and Coca-Cola. So he had to completely change the way that he. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Chicharro too. When, when he went, when he, when he, when he first left for Manchester and he brought all his family over and he was just concentrated on playing, which we see a big difference with like how we saw pictures of Nettie partying with, with the wags in the limousine with, um, with Sven. And then we had a Giovanni, those pictures that came out where he was like shit faced. It's completely gone. Pobrecito. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, if you're in the public eye, you, you just can't be, uh, you know, you, you no, can't. Uh, and, you know, I understand. I think it's, it, it gets somewhat difficult, you know, especially if you're that young and you're, you're living alone for the first time. And, and you're making a, it, a pile of money that where you can just, what, what I mean, basically, you know, you get that a snap of the finger, you can get whatever and, you want. And yeah, and offers, you know, people inviting you everywhere for free, right. clubs, anything, just. I gotta tell you, it got it got really really tiring for me when that when you know when I when I was living that life. When you <laughs> you go to the that parking lot and there's like ten women right. waiting for you, man. So yeah, that's, oh, oh, that's why only I'm not ten. Overly Come on, critical oh, Joel, por favor, por favor, Joel. only ten. <laughs> well, different a different ten every other day, you know. But but that's kind of how where they're at, you know. That's that's their ambiente. That reminds me of that movie, uh, Santiago Muñiz. What's Gold? that movie with Gold? They're going to remake it. They're remaking it. I saw part three, man. It was an abom- abomination. It, <laughs> but they're remaking it, and I think he's going to be in Liga MX this time. Did, so he not, uh, did he not take Mexico to the World Cup in part three? No, that was the plan. That, But then... Uh, Something I think Adidas Adidas was one of the main sponsors and they they pulled out and um yeah hard so not then, to have them it, it looks so bad man like you could see the blue screen because they use footage Oof. from the from the World Cup I think the 2006 World Cup or 2006 or 2010 they used footage for one of those World Cups and the footage was it's just bad like you you could tell they were using the like a green screen it 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 doesn't look like a big budget film man it looks like like student film well that is uh that is unfortunate well uh, before we uh, move on to our, our last wait, wait, topic i'm, I'm gonna just finish on, oh, wait, on wait, hang on oh, oh hang on but wait there's more no it, it's weird if you're seeing the movie like the first 10 15 minutes it's some of the players recording like a vampire movie so they had nothing to do with soccer. You're like, you know, I had to take out the DVD to make sure, like, to have the right movie. I, I thought they se equivocaron de, de estampa. Right. But, yeah, that's it, man. You know, that reminds <clears throat> me years ago, when, when, right when South Park first started, and I think it was going to be the first April Fool's, uh, and it was on the night that they aired. And everyone was talking about, oh, this is going to be this great South Park year before. And they did a 30-minute show of Terrence and Phillip, which is awful. I thought that was just one, one, of the great, one of the great trolls, troll jobs in, in, in the history of, of, uh, of trolling was uh, the Terrence and Phillip 30-minute South Park episode on April Fool's Day. <laughs> so that happened like in no, – that, that was 20 years ago. That was a long time ago. We won't uh, discuss that. 
what we should discuss now, now before before we before we jump and talk about about what happened uh, in, in in Los Angeles over the weekend. Do uh, uh, do do, do any tráfico? of you guys have? Yeah, do any of you guys have any uh, any, uh, any anything else to, to say uh, on, on, sí. on on any of the information that Mr. Harrison was able to kindly um, provide for us this evening on the Cantina Mekis podcast? I'm just waiting for the stats on poniéndole huevos. I want to see that infographic. <laughs> I, I, you know, it's uh, <laughs> it's it, I, I do believe it's an intangible, but uh, you know, there's certainly <laughs> some. Uh, Something to be said about that, but uh, I guess we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Until we yeah, have Ronnie, to measure uh, the players, you know. Ronnie, Ronnie was dissing the uh, an analyst that use pesa uh, la camiseta and gaja and all that, but I think that's a legit. I mean, that's a legit thing to say. Just like uh, Joel was talking about Fabio well, I mean, drinking and taking care of your body, but it's their go-to thing to say. Guys, bad game. Well, it's because you know you see. You know, but guy yeah. has a bad game for chapas. Oh, no, it's because you know, it's que él es chapaneco. Yeah, you should, you should mix it. You should mix it in. But I think, and uh, no disrespect, Beto, because I appreciate, I appreciate all the that stats that nerds because you value you value Webels more than anything, don't you? No, I think I think I, I mean I think it's it's definitely like a big part. How do you measure it though? Plays, that, 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 I guess I, I don't I don't dispute the, the the that want and desire are are are. Are, are critical well, soccer success, nerds, but how do you measure it soccer nerd says on, on the chat he, he says there's a with stats you can measure it let me see what he says uh can be easily calculated with a matter of distance traveled how many duels and dribbles a player was involved in so so i, I mean i think there are stats that you can take into consideration uh gadra and all that but well you, um, you know what what they say with with that poniendole huevos it's like you know, if sometimes some of the players, especially players that dribble a lot, a defender's going to start tackling them hard. And some of these players will, will shy away from that. So that's that's one of the things. And on the opposite end, if you're the defender and you're getting burned, that would be like, you know, either he, either the ball passes or he passes, but not both. So that's, that's a big part of yeah. it. I appreciate the whole stats that they come out with, but I'm not too much too into it. I don't really get involved in reading it and the stuff Chol does. And I mean, it's it's sort of neat, but it's not something like, oh wow. Well, I mean, that's why he said at the very beginning of what he was talking about. He said, you know, the the the, the most important and measurable stat are goals. <laughs> period, period. End of story. I mean, it's uh, yeah, it, it is something. But I mean, I do think that when it comes to you know looking for a certain kind of player, uh. You know, stuff like this, I think, is is incredibly helpful. And I, I think it's gonna, it, it, I think it's more helpful for clubs and scouts than it is necessarily for fans. But, Unless but if you're me, like a real granular but, kind of. Or if you like to bet, John, because I mean, I use some stats to. I did. I did. What was it? About two months worth of Chiwa, Chiwa results. Hoyt, you're a sick. Off. You're a sick man. If you if you bet on the guy making games. I was only off by two points. So I had Chivas making 10 out of 21 points. They did 12. And uh, a lot of that was more based on stats on how they do on certain games. Right. But, but, but I guess the other question is when it comes to stuff like this is, is past, does, does past, 
results indicate future performance? Uh, not really, but I do think they weigh in. Like the Dos Acero, man, we, we had that, like, what, 10 years? We couldn't get that off of our backs. Luckily, also, the, the, <laughs> the, the number crunching at least seems to me that it's still relatively new. So I think uh, with some refinement, I think uh, you might be able to get uh, more value from it, even you from know, a, from a steam from a from a team um, performance standpoint. It's funny you, you say that, Dan, because I, I got a chance to produce the uh, the Dynamo broadcast over the weekend for uh, uh, for, for Dynamo, and um, I had I had a really good bug operator, so I know I knew I could do I knew that I could have him do you know more things than usual. But then I was thinking, you know, outside of possession and, and shots on goal, you know, shots. I mean, what, what? I mean, to me, it's like there's just there's so few stats that are that are worth keeping track. of. I mean, like and during an actual game, that are that are that are worth keeping track of. But what? But what I do want to do, and I was hoping to uh, see if I can figure out a way to do this. I mean, the the thing that I really like are like heat maps and stuff like that. I mean, to me, the, 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 I've always thought that those are a much better indication as to how a player has performed in, uh, in, in, in the first half. And, you know, you can see like, you like, you like, if you can overlay like passes and stuff on that. I mean, I, th- I think that to me would be incredibly fascinating to see, you know, like, like, like look, look at a player like, uh, like Xavi's, you know, first half heat map, you know, when he was just, you know, at, at the absolute peak of his game, I mean, it had to have been just incredible. The, also the those of, two the, tactics. Well, sure, but no. I mean, uh, the, 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 that stuff to me, exactly. Or, or, or you know, what happens if Xavi's having an off game or they've, they've figured out a way to shut him down and he shows heat map and so on. But, you know, here he is, you know, last week when they score, they won 4-0, and here's now they're down 1-0 in the first half. And look at the, you know, the, the, that kind of stuff. I think, I think that to me is it, is a really good way to uh, to, to, to tell uh, to tell a story of what's happening in the game because that's, you know, as as a producer, uh, you know, that's one of the things we, we, we want to be able to convey is, you know, let's tell the story of this game. And, you know, stats are used so much more in other sports. I mean, and, and they're a great way of of, uh, of, of, of of showing that. It's a very quantifiable way of doing that. But in, in soccer, they're just, they're just not that many. Uh, you, know, you know, as you said, I mean, someone could have 70% possession but be, but be down 2-0, you know. Why is that? Well, let's 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 look at some other things. And, and just the way the game is narrated, too, it's 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 something that's kind of foreign. You don't hear a lot of statistics being given to to build some kind of narrative uh, as far as how the game is going. I, you, it's just not something you see that much in, in soccer. But I do think there's room for it, though. Yeah, I uh, I, I I do th- I, I do think so as well. And, and to me, like I said, I mean, I would love to be able to incorporate. Those things like I in, like I didn't know game. that about Pizarro that he had I guess at one point was one of the the, the players with the highest amount of um, turnovers I guess or, um, I'm not sure exactly how he put it but you know and as sloppy as as, as and he was named man of the match yesterday and I think he had a great game but he was extremely sloppy last night too so so that when when uh, he did mention that stat I mean that that was the first thing I thought of was man he he. He not only did he get dispossessed a lot, he dispossessed himself a lot. Like he made a lot of just very. And you picture that you picture that tendency with the national team, and that's kind of scary. I mean, yeah, you're putting him in there because he might do something great, something brilliant, but his tendency to lose the ball. Do, do you guys think that 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 Mr. Analytical Juan Carlos Osorio uh, diligently reads 
Tom's uh, <laughs> statistical analysis. I bet you, I bet you, I bet you he, somebody. I bet you he does. Yeah, I bet you he does too. Or he's got someone looking at it. One of his 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 Hugo Sanchez, his Hugo Sanchez is looking at it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're a guy who who really likes <laughs> stats, you'd be kind of a fool not to use as many resources as you can. Right. But I do think it's interesting. Go ahead. ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. Finish your thought. No, no, no. That's cool. That's cool. Go ahead. Go ahead. You got the conch. Well, I was just going to ask you, uh, Joel, uh, uh, you know, based on on, on what you've heard and what you've seen, do you you still say final in Conca Champions and Liguilla or no Liguilla, Joel? Well, I, th- I think that's that's going to be a big choice to make with um, between Almeida, Girafa, and uh, uh, Iguera, you know? Wh- where do they put all their guns? Because the MLS teams are, are not going to play this week. They're resting. The league let them let them have the week off so that they could be ready for the for the return legs. And I think that's that's going to be a bit, you know, key for Chivas as well to rest their players. <clears throat> so I mean, and I they think are, they are rest... playing Veracruz. They are playing Veracruz. So do, do, do no, you send... but, but they're playing where in Puerto Jarocho? No, they're playing in uh, in in La in La Perla. Oh, La Perla, La Perla del Occidente. Yeah. yeah, I mean, who knows with Veracruz, man? But I mean. I, I guess we'll tell right there what they chose, but to me, I think that's that's a key to rest their players. So if you know they throw Echantola Carne Lazador against Veracruz, because they are two points away from from a well, eighth no, place. No, here, yeah, here's here's the problem with, uh, with 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 that though. What happens to Lobos Buap if they see Veracruz playing, you know, Chivas, you know, Chivas B basically? And then they end up beating them. Yeah. You know, you have to. You have to. Does does the relegation battle even matter for Chivas at this point? I mean, is it something that they can uh, that they can consider when they make this decision, or no importa? I, yeah, I don't know about that, John. I just think their minds and but but I do feel that. Uh, It'll be more marketable to get to the club's World Cup. Okay. You know, they, play, they can play Ligia next season. How many points are they away from eight? Two. So they could afford to drop points. I don't know, man. Liga makes is crazy. <laughs> no, I, I get it. The but I mean, to the next, but, you could drop. But, but playing your playing all your starters is no guarantee that you're gonna you're gonna beat Veracruz. Yeah. Especially at home too, where where it hasn't been a, a really good home field advantage this season. Yeah, no, I I agree. Like 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 for me, I would concentrate on on the Conca Champions, just because this team hasn't won international title in like sixty years, and uh, How long that would be pretty big. About sixty yeah. since right. No, no sé bueno con los números, but like late 50s, I think 59 or something was the last no, it was, time. It was, it was 62. 62, 62 so, I so think. Fi- yeah. And then how many has America won in, the, in, the, in that same period, Juan? 
Oh man, are you doing this Dang. to me? He won quite a few, <laughs> including uh, hasta con ayuda. With the I, I believe, I believe, I believe the he won't let me lie. I believe, I believe the number is seven. <laughs> So we're all doing Chivas definitely has savage. to go for this. Uh, that was savage, seconds. John. I think that's pretty savage from John. He, he must be getting casino money somewhere. Uh, no, that's, uh, I just I just saw that interesting stat. That as 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 you were saying, it has been you know, <laughs> over fifty years since. Uh, yeah, since, Nala, since I mean, Chivas had had won anything of of the sort in this tournament. They did and, reach uh, a Libertadores final, so you kind of have that second place. You got that second place medal, but yeah. it's not the same as. as you know who celebrates soup companies? You know who celebrates soup companies? <laughs> you know who celebrates that, Joel? I'm afraid I just blew myself. Come on. No, but I mean, I'm just trying to say it's not like they haven't done anything, you know. Um, no, I understand. I mean, I understand. We, we do have to note that for a lot of those years, there was no international tournaments. The CONCACAF stopped being played regularly, and Libertadores only came in late 90s. So that was, that's, that's been part of the reason. But yeah, but, but then when, when this tournament, when they did start playing them, the team. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. That was, the level of excuses there was 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 bordering on on oh. Americanista. That was impressive. Oh, that, was, that was impressive. <coughs> that was impressive. Oh man. No, so you're oh. right. It's a very important tournament for them to win. I mean, you know, and then you know, then they get the chance to be humiliated by by Barcelona or, or Real Madrid in the or not even or not the, even that, you know, or by El, El, El Chabawi of of Morocco. You know, that, I mean, yeah, that could certainly happen too, right? Saying zoo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but but still making it, that, that'll be... I, and I know a lot of fans don't like, you know, the quitan merito a la copa, but it's it's still important. Well, obviously, I mean, I don't think the fans are saying that now because uh, you don't <laughs> see the a, a mid a midweek game at the, at the Omni Life packed yeah. to the Raptors when they're playing... <laughs> You know, Red Bulls. So it obviously yeah, means with, something to the fans. Same with Copa MX. We didn't like it until we started winning it. Yeah. So, and and you know, and one thing that uh, you know, even even Rigo pointed out is that uh, you know, Almeida is uh, he's a he's a, a tournament uh, he's a tournament coach. Oh yeah, yeah. He's, he's yeah. That's the whole Copa MX thing. Uh, that's how he's looked way better because if you look at his just his league stats. They're not that good, man. Uh, but I think he's looked good just because he won. He won the two Copas. He made a final, and then he won that. I think it was called a Super Cup or something like that. Right. Um, so that's that's made him look, you know, better than he. Well, you know, it's, it's funny you mentioned that post, because I do remember years ago you posted a picture like like this is why I don't want more players like Chicharito to, to, to go to Europe and you posted a picture of an empty trophy case. What? And, and, and the guy I mean, that, that was filled me. the trophy case. What? I'm sorry? What? That was me? You did, yeah, this this was, you know, you, you know, you know, seven, eight years ago. You're talking about Big Soccer? 
Yeah, and uh, and and so I saw that uh, you know now this guy has done that, and he's done that you know with the with with a style where instead of doing the homegrown players, they've decided to 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 you know do the homegrown and you know buy big name players, and you know so far it's worked out for them. I know that uh, you know the regular, and again, you don't have to have a great regular season in Liga MX to have success. No, it's just makes the league well, Yeah, exactly. So maybe uh, maybe Almeida is uh, is proof uh, proof positive of that. All right, uh, enough enough with enough with the Chivas talk. Enough with the Chivas talk. Uh, let's uh, let's switch gears. Let's 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 wrap it up here tonight with uh, with with what happened over in uh, in, in Los Angeles over over the weekend. Oh. Uh, uh, and Trafico, the first ever Trafico played at, uh, at 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 noon LA time on a Saturday. I mean, Joel, how on earth did people make it to the to the game on a noon on a Saturday to to to, to be ready to go? I mean, what, what time would you have to leave? To, I don't to know. Get there in time that that one was played in Carson, and I don't. I never been down that area at that time. But anyone on the five, you were going to be there a while. Anyone taking the the cinco? So uh, Carlos Vela puts uh, uh, the LAFC team up two uh, zero with two terrific, outstanding goals. Just outstanding goals. They get a third one on Atogol. It's three zero, and uh, you know after the game, Carlos Vela uh, said admitted that we had no idea how to manage the game after that. We just we didn't know what to do. So you you cannot lose a game three zero and. You all know what happened after that. Uh, LA gets a couple, and then the, the, they put in their uh, freshly signed uh, Swedish Bundesstar, who has played on every, every like all. You know how we have we always joke about coaches in Liga makes they have the punch card with as many teams as, as they've coached, like uh, uh, like uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Luis Fernando Tena, and and. Uh, and uh, uh, Ruben Omar Romano is probably, probably coach for like ten or eleven teams. Well, Slatan has that same punch card, but 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 his punches are like the G sixteen teams in uh, in, in in Europe. I mean, the 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 amount of of huge clubs he's played for is insane. And it goes down the balance, of course, he gets it. Too. So, what did that do for the sport of soccer locally, in California? Did, did it get people to talk more about soccer, Joel, more than you've ever heard before, or was it just a like just just a little Bleep in the wind. It happened Saturday, and yeah, it's uh, It's hard for me to know that, you know, uh, as far as like how much hype there was, because I, I didn't really hear hear that much talk from people. Um, but I, I'm, I'm not, you know, I wasn't in a position to to be hearing like the casual fan, you know, talk. Right. Well, I mean, like, like even like, like just walking, like going to the stores and stuff. I mean, did you oh, yeah, might overhear other people talking about it? No, nah, man. It's LA. We they're more likely to be talking about some TV show than sports. Kim Kardashian or something. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll ask uh, a little a little further south down in Escondido. So, uh, Dan, uh, I know that you probably you probably listened to the. Uh, 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 sport talk a little more than than Hoa does. Did, did, did it have any kind of of impact outside of the of the world of soccer in Southern California. I think I may have heard a mention, but it, it's not a 
It was a blip. A blip. Okay. Yeah. So it happened. It, it was it was cataclysmic on Saturday afternoon, but by Saturday night, talking and about people. And I think the only reason that one of the the show that I that that I happen to listen to regularly, uh, one of the hosts is a uh, is a soccer fan. He like I think he follows the EPL. Right. So. So yeah, he 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 happened to mention 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 it, but it's not um it's not a topic of conversation that that kind of gets any real time, right? I'm just curious because I mean I mean at least nationally it got uh, it got a lot more play. I was just curious to see how it uh, how it played uh, locally. Ronnie DeLuna rejoins us from uh, from Philadelphia. Ron, uh, living in Philly, uh, did, did 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 was there any kind of uh, a, a more abnormal uh, reaction to anything that happened in El Trafico and in Philly? Like, did they actually? In other words, did they talk about it in Philly at all that you're aware of? Like, like, did it make like the front page of the paper that kind of stuff? Mute boy. I guess. I guess Ron does it's not. Well, Ron. <laughs> Ron. You, you know, Madonna. Sorry about that. Sorry I don't, I don't about know. That. Oh yeah. Go ahead, Ron. Go ahead, Ron. No, not really. I, I did watch a little bit of the game, though. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they were they were great goals. Now, I do think that the uh, the second goal probably should have been looked at by at least to verify that he, whether or not he was offside or not. But uh, you know the 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 conspiracy theorist in me is, you know, suddenly, you know, the bar got a call from the commissioner. Don't you dare look at that. You know that, but you know, that's obviously, uh, you know, pure, pure speculation, but, uh, it was, uh, you know, a great result for them. And, uh, to me, the very unfortunate thing about, about that is, is that it, 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 it obscured a terrific performance by Carlos Vela, who, uh, is, uh, is, is playing really, really, really great inspired, uh, soccer. And then Joel, I believe that you are, uh, of the thought that it really doesn't matter where you're playing if you're if you're playing that well and it's it, it's gonna it's gonna be reflected and uh, that obviously <laughs> yeah that seems to be the case with Carlos Vela. It's it's that saying and que gallo donde quiera cantar something to that effect. Right. So he he scores the two goals, but then it's like it's like a, and then was there some other Chiquis, Was there some other play where did 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 Slatan like kick him in the face or or kick a kick a ball at him? You know, was there was there were their fingers pointed? Did something happen between the two that? Uh, yeah, there was a physical play. Won. There was a physical, uh, I guess, challenge to the ball or something. And Slatan, of course, put Vela on his butt, and, and I, I guess he apparently was crying to the ref. And Slatan was giving him a stare and pointing at him, talking to him, and pretty much made him look like a little kid. Uh, and then well, right Slatan after that, he scored, a lot of players he scored look the like goal. A little kid. Not just not just physically, but like mentally, like put him in his place mentally. Like, get out of here. Slatan is is great. Just you know, if you if you if you, a lot of people thought Borghetti got the stare from uh, uh, what's his name, the U.S. player, and that Borghetti like looked like just like, totally punked. Yeah, Onyewu. Gucci. Gucci stared him down, made him look like a little punk. This was even worse for Bella, which it sort of got blown. Uh, blown off and not really taken into consideration, but 
Yeah, so you were there. You, you, you saw it. You recorded it. You remembered it. You will bring it up. Yeah, that was a highlight for me. You're going to be like, and, like uh, Howard Cosell when he when when poor. Uh, anytime there was a good hit by a linebacker, he'd have to remind Gifford. That reminds me <clears> of the <throat> time that Chuck Bednarik just you know. Blah, blah, well, blah, I'm blah, not. Blah, I'm, blah. I'm not. High, I'm not as high on Bella as you guys seem to be, and as other people are, just for the two goals and what he's been doing in the few games. I need to see more consistency, and you know it's well, great I think that he your scored. Problem, and he's... Is that you just need to start getting high on you know anything. Yeah, let me let, let me find something that I can get high on, but maybe it'll happen in the World Cup. But I so, try to be level. I try to be level-headed. Sure. So so but 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 by 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 trying to be level-headed, then that that automatically. But but you you always tend to be level-headed, but you always like you never. It's always like, well, you know, he's not, he's not as, he's not as great as people say he is. You know, you, that, 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 that seems to be your, your, your standard go-to response. I mean, if you're level-headed, you should also say, well, you know, he's not as bad as people say. Is that that never seems to come out? You always want to bring people down, cheekies. Why is that? I've never, I've never said he's he totally sucks. I've never said well, Vela sucks, or that he. You, you just he, said Vela he, sucks he, just now, right now. You no, just I didn't. <laughs> no. I have to tell you, I, I, I could, I, I might have a even, job. Jeez, even. I was ar- uh, not arguing, but I was going back and forth with uh, uh, what's her name on Twitter about Vela coming to MLS and everyone saying, oh, he's going to go downhill. His skill is going to get worse and worse. And 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 I told her, I said, well, that's those are probably the same people that said he should never be called up to the World Cup after after refusing at one time. You know, they're just they're just going overboard. They're going crazy. You got to be level headed and just say, OK, he's going to the MLS. That means he's not going to improve. And get better with better competition, like he would have in Europe. He's just going to stay, you know, level, and you know, he's still a great player, does, a good does, player. Does it really? Does it really matter for, for 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 a player who's spent his entire career in Europe to play the the three months before the World Cup playing in MLS? I mean, is it really going to have that much of an impact on Vela or anybody else? It, it could, it could very well, or it could not. You never know. But, like, uh, but but you know what, Al? You, you talk about improved. I think you reach a certain age where you don't, you know, there's there's no more really improving to do. You just have to, like, maintain yourself. Yeah, I mean, maybe burnt, getting burnt out can be a possibility. But, but you know what? He's, he's been... Well, I think that's just, the reason he went to L.A. personally. But go ahead, Juan. Yeah, I, John just John got it right there. Um, that's, that's been one of the top things for Vela to be at least... Like to be in a place where he's enjoying himself, so he's always value that more than than what team it is or or making whatever tournament. He's he's always wanted to be in a in a position where he's he's enjoying himself, and that that's what they've been talking about him with his family living. I think they live in Westwood, and you know he's just out of the public eye for his personal stuff, and then. He gets to go to the games. You know, it was, it was, it was unfortunate for you. Unfortunate for you that you had to go to the bathroom <laughs> when they took that picture at Dodger Stadium with with, uh, with, with Tommy Lasorda and oh, and, and, and Bella and, uh, and, and J Lo and J Lo and yeah. <laughs> hey, when we were talking about when I was telling you guys he would come here, I I, I told you guys this was going to happen. I don't know you guys remember this was last year in podcast. You are you. I'm telling you, you are the you are the Walter Mercado of, of this podcast. I was like, we're going to be seeing him in in the 
you know, just he's probably he's probably in line to do the first pitch the way Gio did. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I also noticed, uh, Joel, that there's a, there was a decidedly uh, uh, Hispanic uh, group the, the, of, uh, of supporters uh, with, with LAFC. Uh, I'm not saying that, I mean, the Dallas the doesn't have Hispanic supporters, but, but it, it does seem like that the, 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 there were quite a bit. Of, is that a concerted effort by, by the LAFC folks to... They, to you know uh, what they did? They reached out to... To the disenfranchised fans, so there was a few groups after Chivas USA folded, and then the LAFC went to the support groups, and they um, they said they wanted them on board, and they, <clears throat> you know, they kept in contact with them as the team was being built. Los invitaron a lonches y todo eso. Yeah, I heard, I heard there was a Raider Nation type of scumbag fans that were. Yeah. At the stadium, Brewsters or something. Yeah, they beat they beat up some they beat up some old man and some uh, some lady like like totally assaulted them and then ran off or something. Uh, some so, incidents so, occurred, I guess. And when when is the next uh, El, El Tráfico? The next El Tráfico will be in the new in the new stadium. Have Have you had your personal tour of the new stadium yet, Hoyt? No, I haven't, man, and I've been lagging it. And... <clears throat> in applying for for accreditation, because this 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 to me could be the big one, you know, with all the Mexican players. So you're expecting more Mexican players uh, after the World Cup to? Uh... No, no, because I want to see like Gio and and Jonah on the field, you know, as well. Sure. But yeah, after the World Cup, I do think we're gonna see at least one or two more uh, Mexican nationals in MLS. So you got two more chances. Well, you have one on July 26. Uh, that'll be uh, at, the, at the new stadium, uh, and then back in Carson on August uh, August 24. And of course, you know it would be fantastic if they would play also in the in, in, in the U.S. Open Cup. And I got to say, whoever came up with the name El Tráfico is just genius. Hey, well, genius. You know what? I just wanted to make a quick point because I was at the at the first El Clásico, El Clásico del Plástico, and that was Chivas USA versus Galaxy, and that was just poorly done, man. Everything, everything about that club, which is like lack of vision from from Chivas headquarters, to just they they never knew how to make that team work, even when was it, it was apparent just, that just, just slap their name on it and, and just say what well, people are going to come because it says Chivas. Was yeah, that their that's, attitude? that's pretty much what they did. And they they ended up they ended up uh, Hans took a lot of the blame for that, you know it's a bit unfair. But they had him, you know, get players from Chivas Cantera and 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 take to take over there. But of course he wasn't allowed to take some of the better ones. And uh, sure. it, it was a Dutch built team because then uh, Thomas Rongen did the same, but. So all of the players that Rangan got, all of those guys ended up being in the U.S. national team. Like, you know, and like uh, and Kusan and uh, the yeah. Mexican guy that was the Tigres. And isn't the uh, isn't the coach for uh, for Toronto? Isn't he a isn't he a former? 
Oh yeah. US USA yeah. player. Yeah. Mr. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of messed up what what they did to Hans. Or threw him under the bus there. But yeah, that, that classico was just poorly made, man. Some of the games were fun, but but that team was very weak. You know? How did, did did were you were you would you did you consider yourself a Chivas USA fan or were you there as an impartial observer? You did. No, I was. I covered them for like three years, three years straight, okay. man. And the third year, it was apparent that that team was, you know, the the front office just seemed pretty powerless or clueless to build a competitive team. So then that was that. The Chivas girls were no longer enough to keep me there. Did- did they have any any kind of outreach with uh, with 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 the LA folks? To, no, know, I never saw any. If if they did, way. I don't think it was that it was that strong. I I think LAFC is the one that's doing more. You know, just building their own complex at Cal State, and and we were talking. Uh, Juwan was telling us Prophet Cambiarayas last week, right? About uh, you know how they have some affiliate teams. So I, I think they're doing a better job. She was USA was more like a market employee type of thing. Like, uh, like only like maybe, maybe the deal was you know he thought that he, if he had Chivas USA in in, uh, in LA that did well, then he could open two more Chivas USA franchises in different cities like Houston and and uh, you know in Phoenix, you know, kind of kind of like the way he does. I mean, it's like then he has like the whole country covered in Chivas USA franchises. Yeah, I mean, they were thinking of something like that because even even MLS had reached out to uh, to America at that point, and they were they were thinking of like Aguilas Miami or something like that, which I, I think the America franchise would have worked better. Just because I, I think the whole huh? Houston, I think was a site. Houston was yeah, yeah, but uh, they decided not to, and they're probably regretting it right now, seeing how much how much those franchises cost. Sure. By the uh, by, by the way, Ron, I, I did notice your, your your subtle jab when we had uh, Tom Harrison on when you were talking about uh, uh, some form of metric when teams are you know ahead, behind, or or drawn. You said, what happens if uh, if Cruz Azul is, scores a goal in the minuto quince and then America, America scores two to win? I heard that. I heard that. <laughs> I had to use them. Like Cruz Azuleo stats, always oh. unpredictable. Well, I wouldn't say that unpredictable. <laughs> that was actually I, I got to watch uh, part of that game after after the uh, the Houston. That was a really entertaining game. The, yeah. the Clásico there in the yeah. in the in the CMX. I couldn't have planned it any better, man. That was yeah, and, and you know what? That that game was very highly entertaining. I don't think every match is going to be to that, to that level or or that entertaining, but I, I do think it's testament of what what the league is capable of. That, that's what they've been working at, and and I don't know a lot of fans, because as Mexico fans, we a lot of us don't like the league, or we put we put the league down, <clears throat> but but we have. I'm not going to say the gap has closed, but. You, you can't deny that the teams have improved. And and we've been seeing it now. It's becoming more and more apparent. Well, yeah, it's not just that. And, uh, you know, you know, eventually MLS teams are going to start getting uh, 
you know, their South Americans are going to be better than Liga Megi South Americans. Yeah, I, I, they're going to start, yeah. and they're going to be investing a lot more, especially with the World Cup. I mean, if if they do get it, you know, because Morocco has become now a more uh, serious candidate in some senses. Right. You know, but I mean, but look at a player like that guy who plays with the Vena, the Uruguayan kid. Yeah. I mean, if he gets offers, you know, to go to, you know, Serie A or whatever it is, uh, you know, from, from, from LAFC, then then they're going to be, you know, 20, 21 year old South American kids knocking down the doors <clears throat> at, at MLS sides to, uh, to, uh, to, to come and play. Well, so. And that's one of the things the league has been doing. They've been actively getting uh, younger and younger players. I right. Mean, Which is why feel- it's so important. Joel, why yeah. is it why that's so important? I, I don't know. You got me there. Well, what have, what have we been talking about for months about about for young months. foreign players in MLS? Where 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 could they also come from? Oh, Mexico, man, um, Me- Mexico, who has has limited has limited the you know the amount of players that could that could get into a team. And and especially with you have that stat in Mexico with they'll have all these foreign players and a lot of them won't even get any playing time. They're just taking they're just taking a spot in the roster. Exactly. Now, but, I do yeah, want to wrap it up. Oh, oh go ahead, Juan. No, no, yeah, you're already seeing that like, Galaxy has a 15 year old Mexican kid from the under 17. He's kind of highly touted right now. Who knows what will happen, but. You know they're already like moving toward that, doing doing that type of stuff. We, uh, you know, but before we do wrap it up here tonight, uh, I do want to because uh, we didn't have Ronnie on earlier. We were talking about the Conca Champions. Oh. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> but, but but Ron, you know, just you know, please understand that that we did uh, remind Joel that that Club America had won seven. Concacaf championships to, to to their to their one, but but uh, but but America is in uh they're in uh well I'll ask you how, how much of a pickle are they in are they in a big pickle or just a just a little pickle that they can they can, they can work through? No, they're they're in a pickle. I already got some Kleenex and uh, some joint com- <laughs> some joint compound. Happy Kleenex or sad Kleenex? Yeah, <laughs> happy or sad Kleenex? They're <laughs> gonna be sad. <laughs> I, I even cleared up, you know, like the floor, so I can just get in a fetal position and cry. Okay. Do, do you have that uh, that 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 patch that people have for 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 doorknobs on the you know for for the drywall? Are you are you ready ready with that? Yeah, I am. Yeah. <laughs> so so you're 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 not expecting America to, to pull it out then? No. Now my my other question is uh is I, I, again as an impartial observer I saw when when Pioco made the comments that he made before the game I was thinking man are you are yeah you, no I thought the same thing too what are you doing you know yeah. I mean there's so many other ways you can say that you know why on earth give the, that that give the other team in the other team another you know you know something else to... yeah I know it, uh, I I thought it was stupid too but uh, speaking of pulling out um eight hey, didn't uh, in the conversation that we had with with Tom, I think John asked him about like that. Did any like you know English or British like uh, news uh, uh, media 
like write about the uh, about like Mexican football. Didn't the BBC cover it though once? You know, you know what? I don't, I don't know about the BBC run. I think Cal is more informed on that. But I know World Soccer. Uh, they used to have a small column. So the English magazine, World Soccer, all the way in the back, like in the back, almost yeah. by where the ads were at. Where the, where the classified uh, ads were. Yeah, you, you would get like sometimes half a page, other times like a paragraph. On on uh, just on Mexican football on the league, and they'll bunch them up with like some of the other leagues. And for a while, um, Martin was writing that they're giving Martin some space. You know, he got he got to do one or two things, but that's I think that's as far as it went for coverage. <clears throat> Well, apparently it hasn't uh, it hasn't gotten better, uh, according to according to well, Tom. Where you know, I mean, it pretty much. Well, yes. Well, do they talk about Mexico? And go, no, they don't. Yeah. People, well, you know but, what? A big thing. A big thing is because players. You don't see that many players. So, like in, in, in some of those magazines, you you were more likely to see articles on on the Brazilian league or on the Argentine league because because they were keeping track on certain young uh, promesas to see which one was going to end up. Or if sure. a player was already linked to a club, then they'll, they'll do like a profile. But we, you just don't have that with Mexican players. I think for them, even the whole Chicharito thing came out of left field. Like, who's, who's this guy, you know? Yeah, no, it. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to say it was, it, it was surprising, but, uh, you know, maybe for some folks that listen to us, uh, maybe, maybe they do. Think that uh, it, it it may have been so. America loses, and and, and Ron is it going to be an all MLS final, or do you see Chivas uh, Chivas pulling it out? I said Ron. I think I think we'll I think we'll speak for Ron and, and say that no, no, like no, no, no. no, I think I think that uh, MLS is going to pull it off. I think they're right now a little pissed off about the World Cup that they're treating this as like the World Cup. You know, and like they're sitting, treating it with more urgency than, than League MX. Because right now, League MX, you know, they're, they're thinking, especially, you know, they're, they're thinking, at least the clubs, it, it seems like they're starting to think about the summer transfers and, and, and the, you know, next season and stuff like that. And I don't know, I think, I think just U.S. soccer in general and MLS, they're a little like more, because of the World Cup, obviously missing, uh, missing out on the World Cup. I think that, they're treating this a little bit more serious than, than, than the Liga MX teams right now. That's a very interesting point. Uh, do you think that uh, if, if MLS does uh, win or, or when they win their first conquer championship, do you think that that'll make this start making this tournament a little bit more, uh, or I guess I should say teams will start taking it more seriously? Although they're, they're taking it a thousand times more seriously than they did when it first started. I mean, you would never see sellouts. In a, in a semifinal on a Tuesday in Guadalajara. Well, I mean, I mean, just think of, I mean, some of these teams. I mean, they, they, like, what was it? Who was it? Toronto. I mean, they went to, they trained in Mexico prior to this for like how many, how many days, how many weeks? Well, they're there right now. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, so they're training. Pachuca, right? Yeah. So, I mean, and you know, this this comes from the top you know, of the league. So, 
I mean, obviously there's there's more urgency, and and this kind of reminds me of back in like you know when in the Mexican uh, downward spiral when they were in the abyss in like two thousand two thousand one when with Ojitos Mesa, and then like missing out on the U seventeen, the U twenty, you know the uh, the Olympics, the, the Olympics, right? and everything. It's like you know there was urgency uh, from from the league and the and the and the uh, and the federation. And I think I think that, that that you're starting to see a little bit of this with you know with the U, U.S. soccer. I mean, uh, you know, with you know the, the whole elections, the the you know, it was like it was a lot of drama. It's like you know, it's like dude, you, like when did you when have you seen that in, in U.S. Soccer? Like you haven't, and part of that is because of them missing out the World Cup. It's like there's urgency that they have to take it serious. Um. And, and good for them, you know. Good for them. Yeah, I mean, I, I've always thought that this, and I think that, that, that you, uh, well, actually, I kind of echo your sentiment because I mean, you, you've always said that you're, you know, not, not necessarily for this tournament, but but your dream is to have like this this, this Pan American Club tournament where you're playing in you know, Vancouver and Buenos Aires and you know all all, all, all these great cities, you know, to, to where it can you know maybe one day rival the Champions League. In Europe, at least for popularity over here, and uh, I'm right there with you. I think I think that would just be you know fantastic. I mean, don't think it hasn't uh, been lost on on MLS and Kokakov both that that in 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 their three most populous countries, you know, they're in the you know the top media market in Toronto, the top media market in New York, and the top media markets in in Mexico, which are Guadalajara and Mexico City. So I know that that. Uh, they're very, very fond of that. The the folks at uh, at Gonkaka for sure. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I I, I just think that this is a, this is, uh, has the opportunity to just be a, a terrific uh, a terrific tournament. So uh, I'm I'm glad to see that it's uh, that it's gotten a lot more competitive and it's it's only going to get better. I think as uh, as 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 the years. Press on, but that's a really good point you made, Ron, about uh, about the the sense of urgency that you've seen uh, with uh, with the U.S. Federation and MLS and and uh, and, 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 and 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 having that you know making every effort. And it reminds me of uh, when Liga MX teams would be in the Libertadores and the, and the Liga would start, and they have a semi a quarterfinal or a semifinal somewhere, and they don't. They say, well, the Liga has to have you. Know, we can't change the Liga yet. So they, they, they used to just drive me crazy. Well, true. I mean, and, and it, going back to the urgency or lack of, you know, a couple of weeks back, you know, you know, they criticized Pio Herrera because, he, you know, he told uh, Martin and he told, you know, Aguila, you know, Paul, you know, forget about the World Cup. So, I mean, you know, right now, a lot of the team, a lot of the players in, in Liga MX, they're more worried about the club and they're more worried about making the national team. And I, and I think part of that has to do because because obviously Osorio looks down upon MLS to a certain degree. He not that he looks down, you know, to 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 Liga MX, but you know, you know, you know, he prefers his European, you know, the European team uh, players, European based. So I, I just think I just think that that MLS, you know, the the the, the team they're obviously looking you know, for this international exposure because they're not in the World Cup. But on the other side, you have. You, you can see where the priorities are in Liga MX, and I'm and I'm not trying, I'm not taking anything away from Toronto or, or Red Bulls and stuff like that. But 
we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, you know, it's like, you know, what the hell was Tuka thinking? I'm thinking, what the hell is we getting, you know, Atlanta thinking, you know, saying those type of things right now? It's like, dude, it's like, you don't need to be saying that type of stuff. But, but, but that, that kind of indicates where their mindset is at. You know what I mean? Right. No, and you're, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't have, I couldn't have, uh, I couldn't have phrased it uh, any uh, any any better than there it is, man. I was on the different page. You use your tongue prettier in a twenty dollar hole. <laughs> yeah, but anyway. All right, well, gentlemen, uh, I think we had a we had a, we had a great show here tonight. Uh, with uh, we want to thank uh, Tom Harrison for joining us. Uh, want to thank everybody. I know that Rico had to had to hop off. Uh, so we do thank uh, Rigo Ayala for joining us. Ron, thank you very much for, for, for coming on uh, with, uh, with Tom and, and dropping your dropping your truth bomb there uh, there at the end. Mm-hmm. So thank you guys. we'll talk to you next. We'll talk to you next week. Joel Aceves, uh, thanks for coming on again. Uh, uh, I'll be at late. Yes. Uh, don't forget to, uh, to turn off the lights and lock the door on your way out, Joel. Thank you, John. Be here last one week. in, last one out. If, I, if you guys don't hear from me for a while, you know why. <laughs> <laughs> well, follow the trail of tissues. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. All right. We will. Uh, we'll keep an eye on that for you, Ron. Chickies, thanks a lot for for hopping on as always and and and, and helping set all this up. Do appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Good. Uh, good interview there. Yeah, I thought it went. I thought well. I thought it went well. I know. Obviously, uh, Tom knocked it out of the park. So, uh, uh, yep. glad to uh, glad Thanks to have him. Yeah, and uh, Daniel Preciado joins us from uh, from Escondido. Thank you uh, for hopping on, Dan. And uh, I thought that when I saw the three zero last week, that there's no way, but they they made it close. But but uh, in good position for them to move on. Yeah, man. Pleasure as always, man. All right. Well, this has been the uh, Cantina Mekis podcast, and we do uh, thank you guys for joining us. And, and, and again, thanks again to Tom Harrison for coming on and and uh, talking about uh, Liga Mekis and Group A with us on the Cantina Mekis podcast. Again, you can listen to this and previous editions of the podcast from the Podcast Center on iTunes and, of course, also on Google Play. Uh, do appreciate y'all tuning in for Daniel Preciado, Albert Campa, Ron De Luna. Joel Aceves, Rigo Ayala, and Daniel Preciado. And of course, a special thanks to Tom Harrison. My name is John Jagu, and we will talk to you guys again next week. <laughs>